This is a full fiver. We have two fivers in a row. Two points make a line. We're fiver forever. Fiver for life. I love the fiver. I love the fiver. You're saying we're fiver lifers? I'm saying we're fiver in American Tale. I was just about to say that. That was right coming out of my mouth. Sean, that's really funny. It's really funny that you say that. (laughs) It's almost like a fiver joke wasn't made. It's really good. (laughs) A mere five minutes ago. Five perfectly crafted. Five minutes ago. Chris is so upset right now. That was like rising through my esophagus. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is I reached over and I plucked it out of you. It's October 29th, 2014. No one? This is Idle Thumbs 181. No, nope. I'm Sean nope. Vanneman. Incorrect. Fuck me. What is it? <laughs> it's 182. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Danielle Riendo. And I'm Jake Rodkin. <laughs> Yay. That was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it was. That's what happens when five the fibers people... falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The fiber goes Collapse west. of the fiber. Yeah. <sighs> Good. There have been so many video games played by this collection of half a ten people. It's true. Quite a few games, in I fact. can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. I, think, I can feel it in Are my there soul. actually a high number or just a lot of overlap? Um, Let's find I'm out, shall we? start <clears throat> with a game that I played uh, quite a bit over the past few days. Because okay. nobody else here has played it, so we'll move Desert on. Desert Golf. <laughs> no, this is a, new, this is a new, new game to the podcast. Is it a, it's not a new release. No, it's not. I played Payday 2. Oh. oh, guys, <laughs> Payday Two is a good game. Wow, it's <laughs> it's a good video game. It has bad UI to get you into the good video game, and mm-hmm. then once you're in the video game, there is some bullshit. But in mass, it is a good video game. Okay, what do you do in Payday Two? Yeah, what is Payday Two about? It's a multiplayer like heist game, right? Payday 2 is a multiplayer heist game, yes, not unlike it. something like Left 4 Dead, where four people like team up to compete against, like to fight against an AI that's working against it to accomplish a, a task. And you are just, it's like Heat, you mm. know? I think Heat was sort of like the, that film, the Michael Mann film from the... 99 90, or something? Yeah. 95. Late to mid-90s. Oh, 95, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is great, and you should totally watch. Um... I feel like that movie seeded the idea. I guess also like all the president, no dead presidents. I guess seeded the oh, idea. Yeah. All the presidents. <laughs> all the presidents excuse you know, me. All the dead presidents. <laughs> excuse me. Lucky number eleven. <laughs> <laughs> but those movies came out in the nineties and sort of planted this like sub sub genre of people in masks like robbing banks. That then the Dark Knight totally How can you owned. Forget Point Break. Also Point Break. Holy list. fuck! No, no. So that, I guess no. that's actually the seed. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think more dead so presidents, like ninety dead presidents and two ninety three are like the, 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 yeah. the little first two tendrils off of Point Break. You're totally right, Point Break. Just, you know, 
Yeah. Dear to my heart. That, that, that seemed like you were calling her uh, that. Yeah, that, that's... As a, totally right, Point Break. <laughs> Nailed Junior it. That's my name. Point Break pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's in that... I mean, and then... What's funny... Sorry, this is a sidetrack, but like... That's okay. The Dark Knight totally opens with... Yes. A Point Break. Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. A Point never, Break situation. Yeah. It does. It opens with a Point Break situation, but with never a wink to the camera, which I think is intrinsic to a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, I would say that the slogan of that Batman series is never a wink to the camera. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Never. <laughs> Where are the drugs? <laughs> Who's that a wink? No, of course not. <laughs> I have to wear black makeup underneath his mask that nobody ever comments on. <laughs> Do you notice that? Batman has black eye makeup on underneath the mask and nobody ever mentions it. Nobody's ever like, you're wearing a fucking well, they're afraid shitload to of blush. Or well, if you mention that to Batman, yeah. Batman <laughs> how do you point scene? that out? Where was the scene when Christian Bale tears I think off the that mask? Was, <laughs> just, oh, what a day. And it's just like, but everybody else is like a wears makeup. I'm just imagining. The whole world wears makeup. Have you guys seen Have you guys seen the video? When Alfred's like, what is that? All my best friends wear this stuff. Have you guys seen it? It's like a metaphor. The whole world makeup. Where's makeup out for you? You're doing the voice still with the mask off. You just feel the makeup on your eyes. <laughs> Have you guys seen the video of the New Zealand politician who's being interviewed about his opposition to National Hoodie Day? Oh my and he's God, wearing, yes. He's wearing a KKK oh, hood. What? To like demonstrate why hoodies are bad, I guess, or something. It's not. <laughs> oh, it's bad. not really clear. And, and he's, being, brain he's being interviewed remotely by the anchor, and the anchor. It's like, would you please take off your your mask? And he goes, well, why not? And he takes it off, and he's in full blackface. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. My God. It's like an orange wig. And the other guy on the on the interview, the like other talking head being interviewed, is like a professor at Canterbury University who's black, and he's <laughs> it is the most uncomfortable, hilarious, horrible yes. news interview you could ever see. So it's your favorite thing. So, I was, <laughs> so when you said when you said he wears black makeup under there, and that's the first thing you thought of, you know, taking off the bat. <laughs> mask like and it. just being blacked up. <laughs> the best part of this is that he's really Jesus. kind of stammering through the interview. It's not like he's this like Murka, like super like no, he's, he's extremely not. What is like, Murka in New Zealand? Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. He's obviously not media trained. Yeah, not he's media trained at all. Guy. He's like, well, no. you you see the thing with the thing and the blah blah blah. Like he's this sort of milk toast guy who's just doing both of the most the racially he... insensitive performances like in the known universe. Like combined, like yeah. combined. Into yeah. He yeah. takes off one horribly racist caricature and then has another, and it's just it's like one of the funniest funny. things <gasps> I've ever. It's it's incredible. Uh, it's, I'm, I apologize for spoiling this for everyone listening if you haven't already seen it because I've just robbed you of one of the finest moments of news bullshit that you'll ever yes. see in, in your life. It's it's something to be. So what do you think about that payday, payday two? two? <laughs> I think we all know how payday two works uh, at this point. Yeah, but you're like <clears throat> mask wearing. Um, okay, so criminal. So, <laughs> and then underneath that mask, figuratively, three other masks. <laughs> What's great though Under is that there is a mask. There's a no, I swear to God, there is a mask um, crafting mechanic in the game, where as you learn, as you learn plans and have money to build new masks for yourself, you can do that. So, like a nice mask. That was yeah. Yeah, definitely like a nice mask. And a cop runs up to you and rips it off and goes, "Nice, <laughs> nice mask. mask," and then kills you and makes this game over. Um, and then you see nice him put mask. on the mask. <laughs> and they see him put on the mask and he becomes payday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He becomes, becomes point break. Too. Yeah. The thing is, is like, it is, it is just, it does, it just borrows, 
there's nothing original about any of that shit in the game when it comes to like being sure, a it's bank all robber tropes. And, it's all yeah, just, it's all yeah. tropes. But whatever, fuck it, it's fine. Uh, the game completely makes you feel like you're four people. We were on like Teamspeak, so it was actually me and two other guys. It was Nick Herman from Telltale, my buddy James, and uh, we were on Teamspeak together playing the game. And it opens up, and you just have a map that's blinking with all these jobs that start popping up, and they have difficulties and whatever. When you join one, your party you can see it, and then you all go into the same job together. And they're like different guys who offer your crew jobs and things like this. And you have a really in-depth skill tree, which I'll talk about in a second. But you start the job and ours was just like rob this bank, like get into the vault and get the money and get out. Simple. Do you give the money back? Do you give it back? No, no. We took the money and and we didn't give it back. Okay. No, no, no. That was our plan from the beginning. I I get that. We didn't, that didn't evolve. We kind of knew we were going to take the money and not give it back. Sure. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, but when you start a match, sorry, I was just, I was thinking, you can choose your outfits too. But I've only unlocked uh, bulletproof vest and suit, so I'm hoping there's red hoodie. I'm hoping oh, there's God. a whole, a whole collection, <laughs> a, whole, a whole closet, a whole yeah. ensemble of classic caper outfits, just yeah. video game attire. Yeah, video game attire. So what yeah. makes this Alan game Wake good? Style. What, what makes, this, makes game, this game good yeah. is that it's all the thing. <laughs> Alan Wake is combo that <laughs> the game is hard, and it's all the parts of the bank robbing fantasy that aren't just murdering people. Even though a large chunk of it, when everything goes to pot, is murdering, is murdering people, ev- sure. like yeah. like murdering people on like a time cop scale or no, like, or like time crisis. Sorry, <laughs> right. it's a time crisis. Yeah. Like yeah. guys popping up behind fucking yeah. barrels scale. Right. But be- are those other people or are those AI? Characters? They're all AI. Okay, it's so, like I said, so when I mentioned Left 4 Dead, Dead, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you can also play. Le- is there a version that's like Left 4 Dead where there's like boss police or something? And you're playing against other people. <laughs> yeah, uh, unclear. I again, I. All we played was hours and hours and hours okay. of the mode okay. that I'm describing. Sure. Yep. So that's fine. Uh, I feel like if I was a reviewer, I would know that answer. But um, the th- it's all the parts of the fantasy about a heist that are actually the things that you think about and are really fun. So, and it's very, very, very systemic. So what you're wearing before you put on your fucking bank robber mask and pull out your gun, people respond differently to. So we were robbing a bank and I'll just like walk you through like our first mission because there's a ton of missions and ours we took took an easy one to get to learn the game it was hard enough that it took us a while to figure out how to do it right Mm -hmm. where um our decision after like fucking it up once was that i would just wear a suit and uh nick and james would wear bulletproof vests and be like a little more kitted up and before there's this like putting on the mask means like i'm gonna do violence and people around you like it's communicating to everything around right there's no illusion about what's going on whether it's a security camera or security guard or a um a like civilian it's communicating to all of those different forms this is a violent creature right but before you put the mask on it's not unless you get really close to somebody and are weird right which is rad that's really interesting it's a really interesting mechanic um and every every one of those things i described whether it's a security camera Is is there a need to put your mask on or an incentive to put your mask on to start doing crimes, yeah. So you literally cannot fire your gun until you have a mask on. Exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. So interesting. At first, if you pull the trigger, will your guy just like slap his mask on instantly, or do you have no, to? No, no. It just says like you cannot mode. do violence okay. while okay. you're in. Right. It just says like yeah. put on your mask to no go to work. Yet. Basically, yeah. put That's on your mask. Really interesting. Yeah. You have to hold G, and it takes time. Okay. It's cool. Everything is also really time driven in this game, which is nice. So it's like anything you want to do is not just 
like Half-Life, press E to instantly do the action. It has a little like... The ra- little, oh, like, I saw you when you were playing it. I, yeah, yeah, it has a little, little radio. That, that whistle thing. was a UI, like clock wipe UI. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Right. Um, so when we started the, to like knock over this bank, we knew we didn't need to get into their big vault. And the, the, the whole premise was that there's like a laser cut, like a big fucking drill in the in a bed of a truck in the in the parking lot. So go get that and then you can do this. So I just walked into the bank in a suit and walked around and saw like, okay, could we get access to the tellers? Where are all the security cameras? Like, okay, that's the manager's office. There's probably a key to like the security like to the like surveillance office back here. Okay, the stairs are here, this is here, this is that. Because all the things that can call the police um do so differently. So if a security camera sees you do violence or sees you in the mask, it's going to like has a little it has a little UI element. It's like in four seconds, this is going to get to the guy in the room who's going to call the cops. If you go in and tell the tellers to get on the ground and put like like zip ties on their hands, they can't hit the panic button. Like pedestrians walking on the street can call the police on their cell phone. So we were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go in, figure out if I can get into the tellers teller's area and then i'm gonna hide the moment you guys break into the back door put the guard next to here on the ground like kill the guard just fucking shoot him kill the guard get the security card and run in and shut down the security room i'm gonna be like tying up the tellers and then i will just tell every single person on the street to get on the ground and bring them inside and like that's the plan and you can fucking do it (laughs) you know and you can fucking do it it's hard it's so hard because the moment somebody's just like calls like you see the girl call the cops and like bling you know and it says the cops have been called and you're like oh no it's just like all right guys fuck it plan over time you know and then you have like a laser cut like like a plasma cutting drill working on the vault door that literally when i hooked it up the first time i looked at the time left and it said six and a half minutes and i'm like oh my god oh my god we have to hold off the cops for six and a half minutes and it starts with cops and swat team and snipers and they throw fucking poison gas in and then, like the SWAT, like the more hostages you take, the more they change up their shit. Everything about all the heist tropes in a movie are actually system, like systemic, right? Nice. And it's so fucking fun to react to them as a as a team. And we've only played the same like one case trying to get it right, or the same one job trying to get it. And we played two jobs, I guess, trying to get both of those right for hours and hours and hours, just like building a plan and like yeah. going in. And then the thing that's great about it. Each of these jobs has a bit of like randomization to where certain doors aren't are locked. The security room is in a different part of the bank. Like the teller's doors are closed now and you never know what you're going to get every time you do it. So we went in the first time after thinking we had it totally nailed and the vault was just in a different place and the, sec- <laughs> and the, the card to get into the security room wasn't there. And we're just like, fuck everything! <laughs> like, it's perfect. God, that's so good because that's as though you had planned it, you know. Yeah, exactly that, right. It's that Ocean's Eleven of like, right. we've got it all figured out, boys. And then you get in there and you're like, no, no, we don't. Nothing. <laughs> and then it's just wanton violence, which yeah. is fine. Like, whatever. Like, like, I have no problem with the violence in the game given the the context and the setup and the systemic right. setup and i cannot wait to play more of it i cannot wait it has a bunch of shit about it that's really stupid like when things go to hell and just doing like when you're looking at a clock i like ran over to the plasma to the plasma drill and it was like three minutes and 45 seconds 
And I was telling James and Nick, like, guys, there's almost four minutes left. Like, fuck. And just having to kill people for four minutes and, like, hide on the roof and, like, figure out how to kill less people and you're running out of (laughs) ammo and you're running out of health. You're like, oh, God, how are we going to make it last? And then I, like, ran back to the drill after, like, it said three minutes, 45 seconds. And I'm like, okay, it's got to be almost done. And it's like two minutes, 55 seconds. What? Like, how is that only 55 seconds of actual real time? The game does such a good job of communicating to you when you're in a crisis how a second like time dilation takes occurs. so yeah. fucking oh, long. You're sitting yeah. there watching this drill and guys are just pouring in through the doors. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. You guys would love it. Like, we have to play it. You guys would really like it. It's really good. All the right. things that suck about it are is that, like, getting into a match is really confusing. All the UI is really confusing. It clearly wants you to buy a DLC, which sucks. Where it's like, get the new Hotline Miami DLC because... And I'm like, oh, I just bought this game. Like, I don't need it. You didn't get it free? It was free for, like, two days. Payday two, right? Oh, I bought it. Oh. I bought it on Steam seller for seven dollars. Oh so yeah, okay. That's I'm cool. happy with my purchase. Uh, cool. Very I talked nice. for a while about Payday Two, I guess, but it's fucking awesome. Sounds cool. That's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There'll this, be more. Payday this is a dumb talk. question, but is Payday Two a first or a third person game? First person. Sorry. Okay, it's a first person shooter. Um, and I mean, it's similar in vain to like a Call of Duty, except like all the like, reload and um, traversal stuff is much slower. You have body awareness. And it's all just more deliberately paced. Uh, it feels more like a like those Battlefield 1943s or whatever in terms of like how long it takes to reload and how like how you have to make decisions and things like this. Mm-hmm. You can't reload while running and shit like that. Mm-hmm. When you put like when you pick up a giant bag of money, you were the slowest fucker on the planet. <laughs> and you just have you know you have forty grand in your back. Does your guy leave little bills floating behind him <laughs> when he runs when you've got a bag of money in your back? <laughs> he does. No, he does not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It's not like it's not you're cartoony at all. I know. The bill sort of but like your head, it's weird because it rolls up. They do this thing, right? They do this thing with body awareness <laughs> where if you put a giant thing on your back that you're carrying, it's really <sighs> strange because they put like permanent, like maybe ten percent Z tilt on your head, oh. so you feel yourself lugging oh, this thing and slow you way down. So you're just walking down the street trying to get to the getaway car, like. And your buddies are protecting you, and you're just like, oh, you bullets are just doof, 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 doof. And you're like, I cannot go any faster because I'm lugging, you know, 110 pounds of, of bucks. It's really good. It's Burden. really fun. Man. All right. Yeah. That was way more fascinating than I would have because I didn't know anything about this game. Yeah. Which I guess is shame on me. I mean, a lot of people know about it because I think it's sold incredibly well on Steam. But, um,. It's just the aesthetic of it is not something that I would have nah, been right? driven to seek out. Yeah, no, it's good. Mask. It has a lot of yeah. things that we like of just sort of let 40 systems clash into each other and then go, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it has a Far Cry 2 of that that's really nice. Cool. Yeah. Is the notion of planning a heist formalized at all or is that just Absolutely, yeah. So before you go into a heist, yeah, after you go into <laughs> a heist, you can awesome. buy information. You can spend money that is like your permanent currency in the game. Like, you don't get more unless you complete missions. And you can spend money to get information about the place you're going, which is more blueprints, more information. But that like, changes on the random roll. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So you can unlock those with money. And then when you get, when it starts, it starts you on the street. You get dropped off and nobody's wearing your mask. So right. you can do a whole recon based oh, on the information awesome. you already found. That's yeah. Really and that's cool. always forced. There's no to sort of like jump out of the car and guns blazing. Right. It's always you choose when to, to start yeah, doing yeah, violence. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, that's the best thing about the game is that you choose to put on that fucking mask and go, okay, we're ready to fucking do, do the, the next three things to accomplish this thing. Mm-hmm. And you can do five seconds of planning or you can do five minutes of planning and, or like put everybody in the level 
to the point where they're like ready to like do their three things to get the fuck out and just smash and grab. It was really fucking cool. It's awesome. Huh. Yeah. And all of them say like explicitly, which I think is awesome. Stealth is an option in this mat, in this level. Huh. Like if, if you can get through something without killing anybody, it tells you explicitly before you start a mission. And like, there's a huge mon- like financial penalty for killing civilians, which I think mm-hmm. is cool. And civilians like rent a cops also count. If they're not official police, it fucking counts. Hmm. Um, which is an interesting distinction when you're in a fucking firefight because you fucked up. Right. Uh, yeah. What's the other thing I was gonna say? Um, anyway, it's I can't remember, but it's great. That's did cool. you, yeah. Sean? Did it's you... the perfect. I have a 79 on Metacritic type of game. Right. right. Like, you can see why people don't like it because people like you know Destiny and Call of Duty or whatever. But like, oh, it's totally there for me. Have you um, seen? Did you ever see the video, the alpha video of that game? due process yeah i actually played due process oh, okay Pax. oh cool yeah 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 that sounds like it maybe shares some stuff with what yeah you're i mean i think i think due process shares a lot of the well due process is four on four yes yeah it's a four on four multiplayer kind of swat game where it's multiplayer and the whole thing is that you have to plan with your team of four like you're you have to every move you make you have to plan out because everything is like incredibly deadly mm-hmm. and you know mistakes are completely fatal rounds are over and like it seems like an incredibly short period of time yeah um it's much more of a competitive game yeah. because of those like re- like right it's not yeah. like a round of payday is gonna take AI. a while right. it takes a long time to get like mm-hmm. like ruined by the cops to be killed or whatever taken into, into custody um they're very very actually i think they're actually very different games that makes sense because they're, yeah, they're they're going for that yeah. they're going for that like heist movie trope stuff yeah. whereas due process i think is actually trying to capture some part of like this is what an actual tactical operation kind of feels sure. like and it can go wrong in like one second yeah, yeah. You're, you're dead despite how cheesy it is to like be lit up by like four swat members who come around a corner and they're like right in front of you and they shoot you 10 times and you still manage to like live like that's cheesy and stupid and like a weird like hammer space of video game design but required for four minutes later to be lugging a bag of cash down the middle of the street, <laughs> cops shooting at you, feeling like Val Kilmer in heat. Right. Like, yeah. You feel like that, even though the cost of that is some video game cheesiness of like 10 guys in a room that's like five by five all shooting at you. Right. <laughs> you know? It seems like it works aesthetically, though. Yeah, yeah. Case. Like, yeah. it's like, it's, I don't know. Like, that's. It's also not unprecedented in a movie for someone to be shot three times in the arm and once yeah, in the stomach and still walk yeah, out of there with a bag full yeah, of money because movies like are also just as dumb. Exactly right. Yeah. Belcomer does get shot in that movie and survives. Yeah, yeah. It feels like exactly <laughs> it, it, yeah, it feels much it feels like a movie. Yeah. In a way that it's so funny because there's no cutscenes in heat. The only cuts I mean in in a in payday. <laughs> it's heat's all gameplay. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but like the only cutscenes in the game are actual like full FMV dudes acting in cutscenes at the beginning of the game. Oh yeah. I've, I've, it has FMV sequences at the beginning. Good. I don't know. This game is getting better by the second. At the I beginning. Know. But there's no fucking cutscenes in the game. None. And it feels so cinematic. It feels like a fucking movie. Whereas think of a game that, like, you know, there's a million games you could mention that have long cutscenes in them that everybody says are quote unquote cinematic and like don't feel like movies. This game feels like a fucking movie. It's well it so depends good. right. Do you mean like feels like watching a movie or feels like being the character in the movie. I mean, right. Exactly. I mean, right. Like, yeah. well, the act of watching is the, the thing that I would underline there. 
But the feeling you get from watching Heat is the same feeling you get from sure, okay, Game. Sure. You know, uh-huh. except for the parts, you know, like the right. quiet parts. Because a movie like Heat Al is in itself, betting that like... woman. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's trying to sleep with that woman for like the whole movie. Yeah. I feel like mm. there's a lot of like... He's trying his best. Like, Come on. Yeah. We're just gotta... Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the drugs? <laughs> It's very Scarface. <laughs> Where are the drugs? <laughs> God, if Al Pacino was the Dark Knight, it'd be great. Oh my God! <laughs> You're tearing this city apart. <laughs> are you Al Pacino? Oh, I anyway, would so watch that. That's payday too. Do you guys want to talk about space? Space. The final well, a frontier. Planet, a planet in far space that you drop like a ship onto somewhere. What are you talking about? I'm talking about, I'm talking about civilization. I was thinking beyond. I was thinking, you want to go beyond our beyond Earth? I want to go space. beyond Earth. I keep thinking it's called After Earth. No, that's that's the other that's thing. That, was that the Will yeah. Smith movie? That's yes. the yeah. Will Smith slash Scientology vehicle. Oh yeah, After Earth with his yes. with his son. Yeah, Jaden. Yeah, it could also be Jayden. Titan AE, <laughs> champion stands... Tweeter. Yes. Jaden Smith. Yes, yes indeed. Oh, man. <laughs> champion Tweeter is correct. Champion King Batman. of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Tweet Lord. The tweet Lord Jaden Smith. <laughs> yeah. Tweet Smith. So you guys have both played uh, Beyond Earth. Uh, I think Nick, Jake, and I all played it. Right yeah. Now. Oh, you played, played it too. I have yep. not. You've not. Oh, Sean, Sean, yeah, you let's you hang out on Lobster you Catch. You also not listen. Sean, right? Lobster yeah. Catch time. Um, I am actually curious, Jake, to hear your thoughts first because I feel like you just have less civilization kind of associations. I do. You're less civilized than the rest. I'm less civilized. Yeah, because I like. I played a lot of Civ 1, and then I basically jumped to Civ 4, which melted my video card. Basically, literally. Nick, you had to mail me a different video card, actually. <laughs> oh, weird. Um, you remember I don't remember that. that? No. I, I remember that. I, I remember when a video card showed up at my house that said, from Nick Brecken. I'm like, where did you get this like GeForce with five, like GTX 580? He's like, Nick Brecken sent it to me. He said he had a, he said he had a way better one. <laughs> like the most Nick Brecken sentence ever. <laughs> For a good thing to show up, and you just have a mythical it's not, better it's, one. It's, it's not a five hundred. I've still got it. It's a two something. It's old. Ooh, that hey, was for, time. That was for four or five. 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 Okay, you said four. Oh, sorry. Civilization five. Yeah, um, Civ five was the the, the hex, grid. Hex the hex. Yeah. 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 Civ yeah. five featuring six sided tiles. Um. So I I played like a little bit of that, and that was the first Civ that I'd played for ages. I think I talked about it on Thumbs when it came out because I'm, like, I'm sure we all yeah did. we talked yeah. about it yeah because like yeah um so yeah I don't know a whole lot about about Civ games in general other than I you know the basic formula yeah they yeah. and they and I know that they successfully get their hooks into me but I don't know entirely what I'm doing like I know when you guys play <laughs> Civ at this point you know enough of the meta structure of what civilization games are that I think you can kind of naturally drive yourself towards objectives mm-hmm. um so i just blindly skate through these things and eventually die but like, yeah. i've only put a couple hours into alpha or alpha centauri it's not that huh. what the fuck is- it's alpha centauri 2 no it's not <laughs> i don't know beyond I, Earth. I never it's played totally alpha not. it's civilization beyond Earth. i never played alpha centauri and i know to sidetrack this i know when they made alpha centauri they wanted to put the civ name on it but they didn't own the civ license uh right. for access didn't and now They've made this game, and I think they wanted to use the Alpha Centauri name on it, but they can't because they only own the Civ license. Correct. Because I think EA mm-hmm. or someone owns Alpha Centauri. Yeah, I think okay. EA does, I think. Anyway, whatever. I don't know what relation this has to anything other than it feels kind of like my experience of playing Civilization V, except that now the map is all covered up and there's weird aliens marching around uh, <laughs> outside of my base. Um, but I didn't play enough Civ Five to know 
to feel like I'm missing anything. So this just feels like I'm playing a Civ game for the first time in years and I'm enjoying it. I've, I've only put a couple hours and I'm, you know, the usual Civ arc is happening for me where I have a city that I think is doing really well and like 15 ATVs come rolling into my city and like people come up on the beach before I even have a car. But, um, <laughs> and I'm signing peace treaties left and right with people and not right. really knowing yeah. if I can't remember all their faces because yeah. they don't, they're not and really they're putting countries. a target on your back. Yeah. They're like, Oh, that's the guy that signs all the peace treaties. Yeah. You don't need to worry about it. I'm, I'm finding it. There's things that I like about it without knowing anything deep about it. Like I actually do really like that you land on a planet and that it's, a completely unknown map and you can't see where you're going it I'm, makes more fictional sense than Civ technically does right and I mean like I know if you're in an orbiting spaceship you could conceivably map the planet before you land but I don't really care it just feels sure. like you're yeah. in a little pod there that is lands. a perk one of the you know at the beginning of the game uh-huh. one of the things that is different than Civ 5 is you don't just select the civilization you select you know one of three factions but then within that you know several different um so I don't know if I did any of that stuff. I didn't either. And, I, I realize now. I oh, really? You probably I just, just clicked the play I button. Just I just told the game, I am yeah. new to this game. Just roll yeah, into something yeah. and drop me into it. One of the, one of the like, I think there's a, there's a stage of that series where um, one of the benefits you can choose is see the Exposed whole... Exposed map? Expose the coastlines. Yeah, but, but like, anyway. I also really, like, at least at the beginning of the game, I don't know how terrible this becomes later. I really liked the feeling of seeing creatures generally kind of moving around outside of my city. I did too. And... Mm. Only when I started to encroach and start knocking stuff down did they start actually attacking me. And it was like, that feels vaguely justified as like <laughs> as creatures of unknown sentience. Yeah. You know, like... As somebody manifesting their own destiny. Well, and like <laughs> my city center, at every turn, if there's, if there's sort of aliens nearby, there's a big red light that says attack. You don't have to because they're mostly being benign. But then there's always one guy in another city who's like, I really enjoy that you're not attacking those creatures. They're the natural things here and they're very important. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. I guess that's fine. Until yeah, Jay would be the best leader if that's why he was like, cool. Yeah. I guess that's fine. Said official letterhead. <laughs> it's, it's tough because I feel like I'm not only like fictionally on this new planet with all this new stuff, but my experience playing Civ, I'm also totally in the dark when it comes to anything out past a certain point uh, of where this game like where this specific game is going sure but also just where the civilization series traditionally goes like i don't have a good enough sense of the mid game or end game to do anything other than just be like i'm just gonna get beat up 15 times until i eventually learn what i'm doing but like i'm enjoying it enough that i'm going to except for the ui which i find to be terrible okay okay i was waiting for that because i couldn't Imagine that you would play this game and not notice. I thought that the right five you was. So I, I would have just. Okay. I would have walked out of the podcast. No, this is if there was not a moment where you like just ripped. I would have walked out of the podcast if there wasn't a moment of Nick Brecken threatening to walk out of the podcast. <laughs> no, okay, because like okay. Civ 5's UI, I found very understandable. I thought it yeah. felt very it much fine. like... It was good. And it's also just beautiful. Yeah. It's, no, it's aesthetically gorgeous. great. It felt like it was very thought through for what Civ 5 was trying to do and like what you could tell that it came from a series with Legacy. And then they also just made XCOM, which has a beautiful and coherent science yeah. fiction UI from the same studio. And now we're making a science fiction civilization game and it looks... Like just nothing. Like, it looks like a janky Winamp theme or something. Yeah. Like, but it, like uh, with the, yeah. that usability, like it's just all these little squares. <laughs> all these little. Sorry, I heard a janky Winamp theme for a minute. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like really. Yeah, but like yeah. it. It's, yeah, it's 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 it really makes the game less pleasurable for me to play. It's yeah. really a bummer. Because yeah. the actual world I, looks nice, but like you don't want to interact with any of the, and all yeah. the UI 
is also pushed to all of the extreme corners of the screen, which I don't remember in Civ Five either. I remember it there being more centered were, things, yeah. more it things is. that would float no, up over stuff. That was over actually stuff. a big difference in Civ Five. Was that they actually took that stuff out of the center and did bring it to the and, edges, yeah. which was actually a huge improvement given how you actually play Civilization. The I think it is more. Oh, sorry. The, the difference is that those elements were just much bolder, had more padding, had much more mm. definition yep. in Civ Five. It took up. This UI feels like it's ashamed to be in the game, but C- it's the C- way that you interact with the game. Yeah. Civ Five struck a great balance of UI that was like both really like present and big, but also really selectively collapsible in a really intuitive way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think they just nailed all that stuff way, way, it's way. It's weird that they didn't they did just in, in... start with a retheme of that yeah. and then add the extra like change the tech tree to a tech web or whatever it is that you do. Is that, was that even a new thing? The web? Yeah, the tech web web web, is like a node in the center and then it's... I actually thought that was cool. That actually made me feel way more comfortable dealing with uh, a tech tree than I usually do. I've seen people say that and you know what's funny to me? And I... I Because I fucking hate tech trees. I'll say (laughs) that. I despise them. That's, I, that's totally fair. Because I always feel like I'm growing uh, unidirectionally. You're like locking yourself out of Yeah, stuff. so I can't yeah. be like, hey, you know, I really want to pursue this branch. Functionally, I'm sure it's very similar to there just being six six straight up shoots as opposed to one web. Right. I'm sure that the same opportunities are approximately available. No, but I get what you're saying. It makes... So mm. what you're... Choice just, paralysis is reduced in early yeah. game for me with a, so with a web. I feel like I kind of philosophically agree with you. The thing that's tough for me in After Earth... Beyond Earth, <laughs> in Titan AE, beyond our world, <laughs> is that the okay? So it's been a while since it's been a long time since I played Alpha Centauri, and I don't really remember how I felt about this stuff. But I suspect I also felt differently, just because I was a different person at the time in some degree. So I'm not going to bother directly comparing them. I'm just going to talk about this game mainly. Um, without the the historical theme of civilization. I just have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I, yeah, it's it's a because du- with civilization, it's a two, it's a double effect of like a lifetime, a basically a full lifetime, <sighs> twenty five years of playing civilization games plus thirty years of being an alive human on this right. planet. Like, I know what pottery who knows is. What writing, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> physics are. It's also except nice. physics in this game is like some. Cra- it's like light speed something. It's mentioned <laughs> that, in a quote, and I'm like, okay. It's hard. That could be useful. It's it's not. This <laughs> is not nice. bad. This is not a criticism of the game. This is me knowing what it's like to feel like you do, Jake, when you're like, I started this and I don't really know what I'm doing. Well, because that's how I felt as well, because I just don't know what I'm going for. And the web actually makes it harder for me because yeah. I don't feel like there's an obvious path oh, I can just set off. For on. me, I found the web easier as a person who didn't know anything because I was just like, I can just kind of just cruise around this thing and get a kind of sense of the various things that I'm going to have to do instead of having to feel like I'm reading one entire tree then scrolling and reading the next tree I can just kind of be like okay over here is kind of where this stuff feels like it is over here is where this kind of stuff is yeah. well, the, 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 the thing is okay yeah. I, I got into a Good hole try, Nick. Oh, I will, I'm going to say this one thing and then I will defer oh, to you fine. I, no I'm going to have a dumb tact on all of this that's so what we just, want just go ahead yeah, that's, yeah. That's why you're well I mean yeah um, I got into a <laughs> pretty I got much into this hold that thought <laughs> My, I'm just going to have to start a brand new game. One, I feel like I missed a huge chunk of the experience by Nick missing the thing that you described in terms of picking your faction and, and, and kind of getting that initial thing because I really didn't feel like I had any grounding in 
anything yeah. when I started. I felt so not, lost. And not then, knowing who I was and also not yes. being able to just be like, oh, you're the Egyptians. Instead, it's like you are vaguely Mormon, but also like 15 <laughs> other just right. like you're just we're all just weird post humans. Right. But I hadn't even looked at a list of them to see what yeah, the context same. was. Anyway. Um, and so that was that combined with my kind of just fumbling with the tech tree to produce a state where basically I had been playing for a couple hours and I had nothing. I had like four <laughs> cities, but like three military units in total, and they were all the basic one. Yeah, that's, like, that's it was my playthrough as well. I mean, it was a nightmare. And then someone, and like, I got a, I really like the quest system, actually. I think that's really cool. Um, I think it's really fun and a good addition to this thing. But uh, the, um, and it reminds me of some of the kind of more narrative-oriented stuff in in Elvis and Tori. But um, uh the when someone declared war on me, it was just a joke. Whereas usually, usually the way I play Civ, I kind of play on like turtling autopilot, where I just kind of make sure my borders are defended. But other than that, I just go culture all the way. And I, it was hard for me to like consciously realize that that I can't just do that in this game because I don't know what culture autopilot looks like <laughs> in Beyond Earth, right? So I have to like, if I want to do that, I have to learn what that even means. There just isn't an obvious, clear thing that I already know how to do. And so I just, I just ran my my faction into the ground basically and put myself in an effectively an unwinnable state. Um, so anyway, Nick, I want to okay. hear what you have to say. Based on previous Nick Brecken appearances, we're now going to wait for Nick to say something incredibly outlandish that in a year turns out to be the consensus on this game. <laughs> Ready, go. Looking forward to it. Well, uh, you could also add to that that I will talk about a strategy game on this podcast initially hate it and then a year later it'll be my favorite game that i'm playing 100 hours of with. so you i am, so I am personally suspicious City of myself treating you right now how's how's sim city 2012 going for you wait i, I want to hear i think i talked about the sim city expansion why would you interrupt you like the sim city i love this a lot yeah why yeah. would you interrupt so similarly Nick in the middle of the sentence i am personally suspicious of myself <laughs> oh my god oh, i didn't know you were saying that anyway oh my god you, nick <laughs> <laughs> Well, please continue that sentence. Oh, I love I make it. I did say that. So, yeah, so why, no, that why? is just like epitaph. Fucking good. <laughs> so like, good. That's that's how good it is. So why are you suspicious of yourself? Well, I mean, you can you can look at Civ Five for an example, where I think I talked about it on this podcast as well, and probably didn't care for it initially, and then they released an expansion, and I really enjoyed it. Was Gods um, and Kings the one that made you like it? Uh, the one before that. What was it? I think it was. I think it was God's and Kings. Right? Yeah, I think so. Was that the only one? In any case, there were enough minute adjustments to that game that I couldn't say particularly when it became a game that I enjoyed. Maybe it was just simply oh, a factor World. of. Brave New oh yeah, Brave New World. Yeah, no, that was good. Yeah. Um, and actually, one of the things that I like about Beyond Earth is um, something that that game that that expansion touched on, which was uh, you know making improving the diplomatic system, which I feel like there's still a lot of work to be done on this series. But mm -hmm. um, they did add this thing now where you can exchange resources for favors. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but like the AI will often like, you can say, give money in exchange for open borders or yeah, it usually results in people just asking you for things and saying, eh, "I'll get you was later." That not but in like, Civ Five. No. Oh wow, because I feel like that is now an intrinsic part. No, it's really cool. Of the Civ Five fabric. Yeah. Um, which this game is definitely the same fabric. <laughs> yeah, different well, stuff painted on it. So that's the thing that I that I so having played a lot of Civ lately. Yeah. Uh, it's really apparent how much it just yes, is. It is quite apparent. Down to the units, down to just everything, and a lot of the stuff that has been painted over, I just don't care for. Like I, I don't know. The some of it I do. Some, some of, of it I do. Most of it I don't. 
it seems like the, the soundtrack i'm not a big fan of see, i don't know how you what, feel chris but yeah, no it's just whatever it's there like was so much fine, care put you know? into the civ 5 soundtrack yes, and i, I was, was skeptical is it, it is amazing it is they really good that with the dlc i don't remember I, yeah i think because I think they added so. factions so yeah, i think they added yeah, tracks yeah, for okay. those factions um this is this is what this is the other half this is the other part of the themes thing i was saying before part of it is just functional yeah. and like oh it's easier for me to play but part of it is also that i know that not everyone feels out this way and that's totally fine but just for me it's hard to theme something to be more amazing and impressive than like the history of our species yeah like i'm just it's so it would be so hard for me to see just like someone's science fiction thing and be like that's more awesome than the hermitage and the great wall and like all of these things that Civ five is just like drenched in. I'm just like, that is always going to be cooler to me, always going to be cooler to me. And there's just nothing I can, I can do about that. Cause I think it's so incredible. Um, so you've been constructing nothing but old earth relics <laughs> everywhere that you possibly can. You're like, hold on. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing I, I need to just throw away that mentality for the purpose of playing this game because I was trying to <laughs> do that at the beginning. And it's just not tenable because it's not what that game is, which is fine. I just need to get over it. You know, but similarly with the soundtrack, like, of course, you're not going to have just like some guy make a sci-fi soundtrack that's for a strategy game. Here's that's better though. than just like synthesizing the like. Why doesn't Civ, world why doesn't yeah. Beyond Earth's soundtrack just include the soundtrack from Earth? Like, why yeah, isn't I mean, that just what it does? That would be awesome. <laughs> I think yeah. Or at least why doesn't to, it start there? It would be tough to release that game. Yeah, you'd have to it would have to go somewhere really interesting. I think it would feel creatively weird weird to, yeah, yeah that's true mm. yeah you can choose to I mean, be the like, weird weird human history fundamentalists and they just you know get the masterpiece theater music all the time right? yeah right. this is this the, is uh, but this the is the whatever this uh, is the um the aquarium yeah sorry yeah. Yeah. i'm just i didn't occur to me until just this second but this is actually the exact same way i felt about anno going from anno 1404 otherwise known as dawn of discovery to anno what 2070 i think mm -hmm. which is like a that's the Anno series is an economic sim oh, yeah. game that I love. And um, I had a long running game with my friend Sophie and we were working towards building like a majestic medieval cathedral. Right. We didn't do it because we didn't finish it because it's, it's such an enormous task and it takes so long. But knowing that that was our goal is just the most like overwhelming thing you've ever visited, a, you know, a massive medieval Gothic cathedral. Like it's just the most awe inspiring to me anyway, just one of the most awe-inspiring things you can see with your eyes on this planet um and so like that that was just, the feeling that like this is what we're working towards was just ne there's no way i was gonna get that lived up to by like here's our vision of like future planet where there's water and pods and things are like sci-fi pods like it's just <laughs> it's just no way it's ever gonna be as cool it's so hard for me to get over that i'm realizing now no, it's just an unfair expectation <clears throat> that I'm realizing I'm placing on this stuff. I think that's really, really interesting, though, because it's something I've struggled with as a nerdo sci-fi fan. Like, it, it seems like it's really, really, really difficult to actually do world building in such a way that's consistent with the intricacies of sort of, obviously, human history. Like, well, it gives you, like, the emotional context of achievement, right? Yeah, Where, exactly. Where, like, I looked at, like, you know, in Mass Effect, that we like, the, the Reavers are, like, Two kilometers tall, like you know, like, and so I was massive. Like, exactly. I was like, yeah, okay, like, whatever. That's, that's <laughs> right. not a thing. You just made that up. You yeah, just said it was exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's like I argue, like in development, argue with a lot of designers or artists about the scale of things, 
where it's like, well, oh, if this environment is, you know, a thousand units across versus a hundred units across, that's 10 times as much work. And it's like, no, it's all fucking make believe, <laughs> you know, and I do that with yeah. animation too, where it's like, well, like this guy has to like slap this other guy versus he has to like wind up and punch this guy through a wall. It's like, it takes the same amount of time. Like you're the scale of the thing is meaningless because yeah. the environment in which it is being created is non-constrictive. It's all in your brain what the scope of something is. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem with sci-fi is just, yeah. I can't be wowed by mass by mm-hmm. like, you that's know. why alien yeah. is cool. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I played like two hours of Alien Isolation. You did? Yeah. I finished it. I'm like literally you're had like you, on the outside of the Had you finished it maze. last week yet? No, I think you had not I, yet. No, I had not yet. Okay. I finished it, it last it, Friday. I want to hear. Were you satisfied? Wait, hold on. Nick, do you have any more? Do you, no. Are you sure? Yeah. Because there, there's a couple things I do like specifically yeah, I mean, about this game that I we'll go, want to give them credit for. Well, I think you might disagree with this because you reacted when I started to mention it. Sure. I liked that the roving enemies were much more powerful okay, so than Civ Barbarians. That is a sp- I thought that was really cool. That's a specific thing, but that, this is a personal thing where I don't like Barbarians and Civ games. I don't really enjoy that particular mm-hmm. mechanic. And so that being a huge focus of this game is just something that doesn't but I think me at all. I think also the fact that they're just interesting, like, though, because they're so weak. They're just like bonuses you go out and collect for gold. Yeah, Whereas I in this game, they make the planet feel hostile, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, just yeah. pressing outward at all, you have to immediately build a fence or have units like, out got, there clearing ways or something. There, I, got an early, I got an early quest to kill no. a sandworm or whatever they're called, was, siege worms. I just hate that they're so generic. I don't know. Yeah, like, it is pretty I just, generic, I really yes. just dislike... The theme for me in this game, actually, in general, feels fairly generic. Yeah. Which is maybe the thing I'm also part yeah. of. Is there a concept of indigenous creature or life form or tribe like not knowing how to do violence back to you you can just squash like instantly like you just go oh yeah nah, they're just really, i, I don't think just so generally... i think they're all but i mean there's I think that's really that's like a, I mean, I think that's a really large like oversight right yeah to, like, universe expansion but there isn't because just it, benign well like things. if we went to like if let me think if we went to a planet and there was alien life there the most interesting thing about there being alien life there is what are its methods of interaction does it even know what physical violence is? Right. Because maybe they've never had to do it because they're operating on, they don't have pain, you know, like mm-hmm. because there aren't things in their world that actually damage their bodies. There's something on like a, you know, a mental level or whatever level. Yeah, like, that's no, something that's really interesting about encountering a new species on a new planet is how do you experience being alive? Yeah. Check it. The violence is happening in this room right that now. That was Jake was throwing reactive. a cell phone and then violence me deciding to drop room. my foot under the coffee table. Yeah, no, Beyond Earth, protest. Beyond Earth definitely maps like like 50s sci-fi. We're like, all bipedal and have It's yeah. just like Earth Little green animals men. basically. As far as just like oh. these ones kind of rove and are hostile, these ones hide under the yeah, ground they're, and they're, they're animals. You. They're not like yeah, yeah. Men. yeah. I know, I know, but just yeah. like, insects, like I had this idea for a game a long time ago that was about being an abducted person on a space station, and you would get abducted every night, and you had a certain amount of time to be on this alien craft and just gather information about how they experienced being alive, hmm. like oh. Like, learning all of a sudden, oh, they can see. Like, I didn't realize they could see. Like, okay, they definitely don't know what I'm saying. Do they know I'm even making noise? Right. And yeah. just continually going back 
and learning about these sorts of things. And I think that's the most interesting thing about an alien interaction, right? Like, I don't know. You read Solaris? No. You should do that. Is it? I've seen the, the actual Stanislaw Lem novel. Right. I've never read it. I've seen the Tarkovsky movie, but it, yeah, the I mean, the Tarkovsky movie captures it better than the not as. Good. The Soderbergh you know, one? Ten years ago. I haven't seen that yeah, one. Yeah, the Soderbergh one isn't terrible, I don't think. I mean, I'm a huge is, but fan is the, of this. is the book similar to the movie? I mean, like, are they just different works? I mean, they're, they're definitely different works around yeah. a very similar theme and the idea of alien life being utterly unknowable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I won't go too okay, far into this. I love it. But uh, yeah, I, think like I think you should definitely read. I think you should read the book. That's yeah. Like, that's some, like long term it's, sort of laying in like a field in, in my sleeping bag imagining the universe for hours and hours okay shit. you should definitely read this I because really i mean stanislaw <laughs> lem is a i believe polish uh author from the 60s i mean there's some sexism in the book that i was kind of like oh great it's from 1961 um, but that nineteen sixty one types of sexism. Yeah, you know, nineteen sixty one sexism like, where it's like, oh, we're hundreds of years in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, it's a it's a refined sexism. I, I probably want a thing from Beyond Earth that is bad, but when they first announced it, I was like, Oh god, there's gonna be aliens or whatever. But at this point, the DLC that I think that I actually want is just they get to the other side of the planet and there is a sentient race there that just doesn't interface with you the exact same way that everyone from civilization interfaces with you. Like, I just kind of want, like... Yeah. Yeah. Plus UI improvement. Right. Yeah, and a, and a new one. <laughs> but, like, and we pasted the XCOM UI elements into the game. Right. But, like, just something that... It's, it's frustrating. I am perpetually frustrated by the fact that it acts the way that civilization game acts with none of the... Th theme and historical cues that civilization has yeah. but also they don't take advantage of that by introducing a bunch of right. by introducing like one the, orthogonal element yep. in the just totally, <laughs> they don't take advantage yep. of the fact that there's literally zero historical there's bias not, there's not a disruptive like, mechanic yeah. so at this in there point, to actually I just make want this a weird like, alien who yeah. comes out and proposes a thing that i did not have a model for before or something <laughs> like just something that makes me have to go inter interface a weird thing with hu the human race like do something that is just like we're growing yeah. The things that you have to do in a completely different place, but it feels like they're. I haven't gotten far enough in to do that, but from what you guys are saying, it seems like I don't know. People will write in and tell us that we're wrong, or you will come through a time machine <laughs> uh, right now uh, from two years in the future yeah. and be like, "Beyond Earth is fantastic. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's so or, brilliant. I mean, I still feel the same way, but I can't stop playing it. <laughs> oh god, it's probably that. That too. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Should so I want to hear about Alien. Oh yes. I will tell you all about it. Although I will just say very, very briefly, Sean, I think you should read Solaris because Stanislaw Lem is a scientist who thinks like a scientist but writes beautiful prose and about this these concepts. I so think we might want to take an alien it. break and then talk about alien. Okay. Oh, well, and by alien break, I mean ad break. We've probably recorded almost an entire podcast. Okay. Yeah, and I have to pee. Yeah, and we have I have to pee, readers. P readers. They're commanding them. <laughs> P. P. God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> no, now they're doing that. No, don't fuck. <laughs> we would like to thank a new sponsor. A new sponsor. I guess an old favorite. An old favorite. Back to the podcast. Audible, the like leading audiobook website. They have over one hundred and fifty thousand titles to choose from: fiction, nonfiction, bestsellers, and maybe not Jake and Chris slash fic but everything in the creases. Everything else, yeah. And you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash thumbs for a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook. And you can keep it even if you don't stick with the trial. And uh, that's audiblepodcast.com slash thumbs. And this week, I would recommend anything by Anthony Bourdain. Uh, I listened to Kitchen Confidential on mm. Audible. 
and his stuff is so good. Uh, he talks about his uh, industry, I think, in a way that is copacetic with the way we like to talk about yep. ours. He's a really, really entertaining writer and an amazing. He's a very evocative writer and he reads his own work incredibly well. So it's audiblepodcast.com slash thumbs. Exactly right. Audiblepodcast.com slash thumbs. Audible, thanks so much. Happy to have you back. Video games. We're also sponsored this week by Hulu Plus. Uh, Hulu Plus is an online streaming service that you can use to watch about a bajillion trillion different TV shows and <laughs> movies, including the Criterion Collection, those films, and a ton of TV shows, including Sean the x-files Ooh. which i am re-watching oh man so am i oh yeah it's very exciting yeah i'm on episode seven right now uh, i'm not that far yet i mean i am the thing is every night if i don't want to go right to sleep and i and my eyes are a little tired from reading yeah i can put on an x-file for 10 to 12 minutes and That's i perfect. go to sleep and i just pick it up again and i'm reading it in these tiny little or watching it in these tiny little chapters and the x-files is fucking good oh it's amazing I, I just what? burned through like five seasons. Amazing. You've burned through all of the worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. Doing it in a way the, the opposite of what I'm doing. So if yeah. I wanted to yeah. sign up for Hulu Plus to watch go, the X-Files. Yes, you'd go to HuluPlus.com slash thumbs for a free two-week trial that will give you access to their entire library. That's a lot yeah. of X-Files you can burn well, through. Well, if, yeah. if you're Nick Brecken, if you're Nick Brecken, it's almost all 201 episodes. If you're Sean Vanneman, <laughs> it's 3.25 episode. <laughs> episodes <laughs> in two weeks. All right, HuluPlus.com slash thumbs. Video games. I feel really bad for getting... This is obviously off the ad read. I feel really bad for getting into the X-Files when you guys are getting into Twin Peaks and doing the podcast. <laughs> what? Mm. I want to be there with you guys. Aww. You hate Twin Peaks. I know. <laughs> I know. I want to see I love you guys. You guys are my friends. It's fine. Like, I hear you guys in here having so much fun in the Twin Peaks cast. And then Aww. Zach comes out of the Kingdom of Loathing office and is all like, guys, Man, I, really love that I cast. fucking love the Twin Peaks cast. You guys are just doing a great job. I love it. Can't wait for the next app. You know what, though? You want that pat on the back. You know what podcast I, I love? I just want to be in the fam. I want to be in the pool. Dude, yeah. I know what podcast you, you love. You know what podcast I fucking love? And it doesn't exist anymore, and it breaks my heart. Dota today. Dota today. Oh. Well, there's two reasons Dota today doesn't exist, and I'm staring at one of them. Oh. And you are one of them. No, the other one is Massive Chalice. The other one is Massive Chalice. It's everyone's fault. Brad is basically working Massive Chalice. Well, I feel like you want to come over and do a fucking Dota okay. today with me. If Idle Thumbs can do a fiver, Dota today can That's do right. the fucking Dota today triple threat. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. The Quado. Yeah, I don't want to bring it up Sean right now is Coco. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to bring it up again. What? Oh, Coco the gorilla? Yeah. <laughs> oh. We don't want to break remember. you the terrible news. You don't remember. I, I uninstalled Dota. Yeah, remember? Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, now I'm, but now I'm teaching your girlfriend to play Shut Dota. Coco. Because you uninstalled. Nick, Nick, Dota. God, Dota. I love that you uninstalled. New Dota host. The, Janelle. Yeah. Oh I know. God. You uninstalled. And Janelle literally 12 hours after the podcast came out. Oh, like, yeah. Can you teach me to play Dota? <laughs> Nick won't do it. Like, of course. Oh, Janelle. my God. <laughs> of course. Oh, perfect. That actually really would be bring her very on. much worth listening I could be her you know what? chaperone. I have a better idea. How about you. Janelle fucking brings herself on by herself as an empowered, alive human being who doesn't need you who has or your uninstalled or installed Dota? <laughs> hard drive agnostic. She doesn't need your hard drive anymore. This is not going on the cast. 
Is it not? Uh, that's an interesting I plan. I actually have a story about uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, video games. please, regale us with this not patronizing story. Oh, God. What are you doing to me? <laughs> you did it to yourself. You did it to yourself, Nick. Um, I want the readers to know that I have no idea what this story is, but I know Nick Brecken. I know him better than I <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't like insider. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't me like, like, yeah, that wasn't being like, tell the story you told me earlier, Nick. It's like, no, tell the story that I've it. already written in my head. It's like from you're a seeing you be alive. I'm just like... You know, some guy hang in the yeah. palm of his hand. <laughs> okay, please, please continue. So, <laughs> I'm off mic. That's Good. how much I'm going to listen to this story. <laughs> um, so yeah, Janelle and I have been playing a lot of games uh, lately, and uh, sort of in between rewatching The Wire. And uh, well, actually, uh, this is worth mentioning just in general. What? What are you? What? What? Okay, hold on. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But you tell a story about your girlfriend like a guy who's telling the police about his missing girlfriend. <laughs> like you rub your face and you're like playing a lot of games and uh, watching The Wire. And uh, look, man. Well, so here's the, know, thing. here's the thing. I told her I was probably going to eventually tell the story on the podcast, and that. <laughs> It was a story that she's heard, but that I left things out of when I told her the story. Oh, no. So, <laughs> context for this. So we don't have informed consent from it, her. Yeah. <laughs> Please continue. So, well, I do, I do want to say, I do want to say something relevant to the podcast. This is bull. Why am I even, why am I even trying? <laughs> I'm, I'm digging myself out of a hole. What is relevant? That is the underneath the bear trap. <laughs> the bear trap. <laughs> I was no, just going to say, well, we've been shuttle. playing things like, we've been playing <laughs> things like. <laughs> Tiny little baby shovel. Sorry, what do, you, what do you mean relevant to the podcast? I was just going to talk about a game, but I don't know no, why. No, please continue. Well, we, so we've been playing Diablo 3 on, okay. on PlayStation 4. I thought you were playing which, Diablo 2. Uh, well, we, 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 I eventually said, all right, this is bullshit. Why aren't we just playing the, the good one? Uh-huh. Uh, but actually, I do want to say that the PlayStation version of Diablo 3 is really good. I've heard, uh, I've heard that. I've heard yeah, it's I've played it. Yeah. it. It's weird it's, to play a Diablo game that looks so generic, though. It doesn't it, look like a Diablo So, game. I mean, the things that I don't like about it are still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then uh, playing co-op works really well. Uh, local co-op. I've heard that, yeah. It's really, really fun. If you like, sort of put Diablo 3 on your shelf and said, I don't care about this game, maybe if you can play it in that context, it's worth checking out again. Um... But, yeah, tangentially uh, related <laughs> to that, another game we started playing was The Sims. Oh, oh cool. Which Goodness, one? Yes. Uh, So we, we were playing three because I owned three. Right. And had some of the thousands of content <laughs> right. packs. Um, the Katy Perry one. Yeah, you know. H&M. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. stuff. God, that does exist. I know. Oh, Lord. You know, the good Did you ever stuff. see the guy? Oh, God, I forget who it was. Somebody who wrote for, like, PC Zone or something, and he reviewed. Yes. He reviewed. Mm-hmm. I think it the, was the oh, H&M yeah. I think it was the H&M review. Yeah. Uh, That's why I think Gosh, I, know I wish I could exists. remember his name. Yeah, Everybody okay. knows um, what H&M is. Like, I know probably right. Western European readers and us know what H&M is. It's like a clothing store. Yeah. They did a, an expansion pack for for the Sims. Right. It's like a key and this for his review of this price. It's like review if I, if it's, of yeah, yeah. of the H and M pack. It's like a it's like a yeah. like a oh you saw this too a know? more five yes. minute gap and it's yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah, Ugh. I couldn't even spoil it because I don't really recall what people it's so sh- amazing. People about should it, just it, go it, read yeah, that. Yeah, just Google H and M pack Sims review. PC gamer, yeah. Uh, but at any rate, so, um, so we started playing the Sims and we did the thing that you do, which is you make yourself. Oh no! And then you. So here's the thing. Um, I know where this is going. (laughs) Maybe. 
Uh, <laughs> you think you think you know. You think you know. You don't Curveball. know. Curveball. Right. No, no. So all right. Um, so we we made ourselves and uh, and it's very I, cute. I, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's the thing. So you know, and Playing house. we yeah we made the apartment. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way that the Sims did you were, recreate your own apartment? The apartment that you we did. In. Yeah. Oh, nice. And that that is the thing that I like about the game. Actually, I like creating those yeah, yeah, architectural yeah. spaces. Sure. The rest of the game, whatever. But so, you know, the human element. The human element. After. I can <laughs> couldn't care less about. Um, but so, but I make my Patrick Bateman pad, and I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> right. But so, you know, playing with Janelle, I was kind of, you know, uh, contractually obligated to care about that part of the game, you know, because she wasn't. It wasn't just like no, we're you're making, not contractually we're, obligated. Well, you're emotionally obligated. Sure, whatever. <laughs> However you want to put it, Sean. I don't know how, you know, in my relationship, it's a piece of paper that we sign every day. <laughs> you still good? All right, sign on the line. We'll, we'll try another five days. See how it feels. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so for the first time i actually played the sims 3 uh for real uh, we made the space we made our little avatars and the way that the sims 3 works is you choose a career um from the outset and you say okay you know i'm nick and we chose fantasy careers you know we didn't choose because you can actually be a video game developer which is super gross uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we, fantasy yeah, yeah. Life. You, we chose so, fantasy careers, not the bullshit fantasy career that I have. Right, right exactly. Yeah, we chose the careers that normal people, you know, like would, astronaut and race car right, driver. Yeah. What did you? What did you choose? So I chose to be a cook. Okay, and that's cool. Janelle chose to be a singer. Right. Oh, that's cool. Um, those, those both seem yeah. things I that we could have over potentially your house those are your real jobs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, but what I soon realized is that there was um, an expansion to the singing career, which expands the sing. So, like, as a singer, you can go out and do gigs, and you have to do all this involved, like, gameplay. Like, there's actual, like, meat to it. Whereas if you're just a cook, one of the vanilla <laughs> You things, just cook stuff. You just, sucks. You just you get the car, and you go away, and it just says you earn, like, 50 bucks, and your oh, boss okay. yelled at you, and then you, you come home. Um, but then, um, more to the point... Uh, <laughs> When you have a day job and the person that you're trying... So, people who play The Sims probably know you can't... Unless you start out married, which we didn't want to do because that's, you know, again, not part of the contract yet. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to, you know, get in a relationship. So, you have to m- sort of manufacture it um, artificially. You can't you can't start uh, just living together with somebody. You have to, you know, make that happen with the sort of goofy mechanics of like, like you do. Oh, you kiss the girl. You kissed her again. You kissed her again. Does now you can be you, a relationship. Does the game know that you guys are romantically involved? Does it think no, you have it, to make that it happen. It thinks you guys, it starts you guys They're as just roommates. two people, whatever. Roommates. Yeah, you had, to, yeah, right, exactly. It categorizes you as a roommate. Mm. Right. And then. As it should. Right. But we had only supplied one bed, so it was a little awkward initially. <laughs> I like that you were it's, kind of like, like your, your bias. Where it was outside of what the game systems were able right. to comprehend. It's like, yeah. oh, they're roommates with only one bed. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. The, the roommate is the grandma watching Three's Company. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Or no, yes. is the neighbor. Like, what's his face? The right. landlord. Well, so that <laughs> actually happens in the game, though. It's weird because it assigns you, it constantly is trying to get you another roommate. And so it'll just say, like, <laughs> oh, 
you know, what's a joke? Chad's, Joe, cool. Chad's coming over and he just like walks in the door and he's like, hey, Chad. And it's just like, I'm like, I'm trying to kiss but this no, girl. Chad. What, who, who's Chad? What is this? And so you, can, you have to like specifically lock Chad out of the of the apartment. Oh my God. And Which then they'll just funny, throw. That's exactly then what he dies. Fucking real life would do. Oh yeah, no, I, need, I kneecapped like, him immediately. Chad, look, we got. This look, is, Janelle and I are an item. Him out. I know, the, I know it's not official yet, right. but Janelle and I are an item. Maybe don't come by anymore. Yeah, like we don't look for calls first at least. And they, they I actually, the locks. nightmare life is somebody just being like, "I'm your roommate now," and him being like, "I gotta lock him out of the house. So, I'm gonna burn his shoes." Right, so Chad, the, the actual moment, yeah, the actual moment happened where where she went to the bathroom. Chad knocked on the door. I went to the door, locked it, and then Chad stood there for an hour. <laughs> Chad. And then finally left, and then and then he came over when she wasn't there, and I wanted to kill him, but you can't in this game. So, <laughs> in any case, you should lock him in the bathroom. Yeah, you could have baby wall. I could have baby wall Chad. Yeah. Oh my god, wanna... you could have. <laughs> then she comes home, and there's this this sort of like. <laughs> this strange shuffling in the wall. It's like, isn't that the next door neighbor's apartment? I don't know. Closet here before? Here before? Be what? Door here? Right. Yeah. 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 I've changed a few things. Yeah. <laughs> There's nowhere to put my coat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just put it on the bed. <laughs> so I, I dealt with Chad Poor pretty Chad. early, and, uh, and and everything was going fine. We got in a relationship, and uh, and then we started advancing our careers. And what I realized is that the sort of end game of the singing career is that Janelle was going out every night and doing these, you know, long gigs, like eight, you know, four or five hour gigs in the park, you know, singing. Everyone's going crazy. She's becoming like a rock star. And I'm just going to work, you know, chopping tomatoes <laughs> in the middle of the day, reckon. in the middle of the day. And so we never overlapped. Oh, no. Which meant that, you know, if you just let the simulation run, our relationship meter was sort of slowly going down. Oh, no. But I wanted to make her a rock star because it's the game. And, and I was like, her. I'm just going to. No, I was just kind of. <laughs> no. It was just. No. Three, I had like. Sorry. <laughs> my mistake. She In real life, she was not at home. And I was just playing the game kind of mindlessly. Wait, this was just you the entire time? <laughs> well, so I kind of took over. Anyway. Oh, my God. That's so much better. <laughs> so I actually, I had the day off from work. And I was just. So this is actually really sad. In real life. I had the day the off game. from work in real life. Okay. And I was sitting there. Playing Shopping the Sims, this was like just after um, I had gotten off of Crunch, and I was just kind of mindlessly just playing this game and just leveling up our characters, basically. Right. And uh, and she wasn't home, and I, I kind of felt like I was cheating on the on the game playing. You know, I figured, ah, we're gonna play this together. And then after a day of that, I was like, no, nope, I'm just, nah, I gotta game this. It was really stupid. It was a weird, like, <laughs> gross thing that I was doing. I gotta so, crush the Sims. Yeah, I was just gonna, uh, yeah, I gotta, uh, beat I gotta the game. max what, this. What? Yes. So simulacrum of my life. Yeah. So it was gross to begin with. So <laughs> just to establish that. <laughs> so to I'm, establish your self awareness. Right. Yeah. But so yeah, so she was uh, becoming a rock star, and she was getting really, really famous, which actually was making me a little, like in real life, a little jealous. Oh, no, her, <laughs> not the Nick Breck and I know. <laughs> well, because she was going to come back and be like this amazing person, and you just and I was just, just got dirty shoes douche. from standing yeah. on the line all day. So one thing that she covered. Pants. Right. So Janelle really wants a dog in real life. And so I thought, okay, I'll get, uh, you know, one thing that we could bond over in the game is like, because there's a... Honey, you know what you've... You know that you've you know really thing you wanted? want in real life? 
<laughs> I did nothing currently. <laughs> I spent no energy or time. Well, I spent an hour. For you I simulation. spent an hour. It was a fake hour. The computer spent an hour. Nick. <laughs> please continue. Sorry. I so, made the computer spend an hour. So yeah, there's a there's a dog Sorry. cat expansion. Oh. And I bought a dog. And you know my you little guy. You bought a digital life. dog. Yeah, Whatever. Digital I bought the digital dog, <laughs> and I brought it home for digital Janelle. <laughs> and, oh, uh, to impress real Janelle. <laughs> right, but she wasn't home. She was at wasn't some crazy in like life, stadium show. In the game. In the okay. game. Yeah, okay. they're blending now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So she was out at the stadium, and I was just at home with this dog, and it was just peeing all over everything, and I was, like, slapping it, because there's, like, a negative reinforcement uh, mechanic, so, like, you have to actually, like, chastise your dog actively, otherwise it just destroys all of your furniture, which costs money in the game, and I had worked up all this money, and I wasn't going to let the stupid digital dog ruin all my money that I gamed, you know, clicking a thousand times, So, so she comes home, and I'm just, like, slapping the dog, and the dog hates me, and the dog doesn't have a house because I'm out of money. Because <laughs> I spent it, you know, fixing all the, the shit dog. that the dog broke. So it's a disaster. And also, she, like, Digital Janelle actually didn't care about the dog. Like, she didn't care at all. Like, oh, it was no. just like, I'm going to sleep. I'm because tired. You I bought got- the dog for real Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so the dog thing, it didn't help the relationship at all. Eventually, Janelle became, like, the highest possible, like, she is basically just, like, Katy Perry. You know, she has, like, stadium gigs. And I was still a line cook, just coming home at five and just, like, flipping channels and just doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And so, it was around this time that I started to just let the simulation run because I wanted my guy to actually, like, you know, work up his career. And there's no way to game that in the way that the singing career, you can just, like, actually, like, actively make her better. I had to just kind of let time run and let my guy level up. And so I just let the sim run and I hit like 5x time and went and made a sandwich. And by the time I got back, I was chatting up this girl in the lobby of our apartment building and things were getting really heavy. (laughs) And so I went, I took my guy and I just forcefully put him back in the apartment. I was like, no, 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 don't talk to whatever her name is. She's, no. Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay. We'll call her Lindsay. <laughs> and then I realized that I'd let so much time run that I'd actually, like, made out with this girl while I had not been in the room. And now, like, a little, like, relationship meter had started up for this, like, love oh, triangle no. that's just running in the simulation. So now I have an option, right? I have to, like... Wait, so... Can we pause for a second? Yeah. Real Janelle. Yeah, still been, gone. Been nowhere near. Yeah, and has not touched <laughs> the, game. the game. Doesn't know this is happening. Perfect. <laughs> Continue. So now I, I actually feel really bad, you know, in like a, an affecting way, which in is interesting. Life. In real life, I, I actually feel horrible. Like this is, I I really felt emotionally affected. I was just like a punch to the gut. I felt terrible. And so I was, like, looking up, like, game facts. Like, how do you break up relationships? Like, how do you, you know, like, just, like, furiously, like, Googling. You were Googling like, auto-completing <laughs> hilarious things. Like, you yeah, were, right, yeah. How, how to you- unkiss, roll back, save, <laughs> d- destroy neighbor, uh, d- like, defame woman relationship. Oh, yeah, my just, God. You got a baby wall. You got a baby wall, that woman. Baby wall. So please continue on here what Nick Bracken did. <laughs> so Digital Janelle came home before I could find Lindsay and break up with her and um i don't if you play the sims 3 you know there's this insane 
uh, sort of web. When you click on a character, the way you interact with other characters is this web pops up. It's kind of like Battlefield or any of those other games where you have like a, you know, or Valve games um, like TF2 where you can just say things. But then they sprout out into further branches and they're just like a thousand submenus because there's so many verbs in, in mm-hmm. The Sims 3 now. You can just do everything. Um, and one of those leaves was going to be, you know, end relationship. And um, the thing is, like, it's right next to, uh, oh, like, no. apologize or just, like... <laughs> oh, no. It's right next to just the thing that would make all of this go away, like, like sleep with or just, you know... Uh, compliment or anything <laughs> but it's just right there in relationship and i i was just i misclicked oh and, no and you didn't misclick no i did the though. sims dialogue selection tool is a ouija board and your <laughs> hand went where it was gonna go so i i ended oh the relationship God. and the animation that plays is so heartbreaking it's oh like no. you just you're talking and then the other sim just like starts crying oh. and just it was like awful i felt so bad oh no and then real janelle came home and she walked in and she said oh you're playing the sims and i was like yeah and she was like oh that's cool and she just walked by me and now i have this like horrible (laughs) secret because i didn't like she wasn't gonna sit down and play with me and so i just felt like oh my god like i can't there's no way to roll back i hadn't i didn't have a save but prior to that there was just nothing i could do and I'd spent all of this time, like working up the, <laughs> working everybody up into their perfect like. Good news, you're a rock star yeah. for stadium shows, right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, like the story of the digital version was like the deadbeat guy who is just like a it has a shitty job, right? Yeah, you just, just stayed all around on the garbage side all over yourself. Yeah, right. You were a desperate housewife. Well, she's out housewife. earning all the money. Yeah. Yes, yes, I was you a desperate totally housewife, were. essentially. And uh, I don't know. The end of the story is that I I couldn't bring myself to tell her what had actually happened. I couldn't tell her about the other girl until now. Until now, until she hears this, I I just couldn't bring myself to say like the, uh, there was this other girl and like I, I if I had seen oh it was awful. It was just it was heartbreaking. So anyway, oh my god, it was kind of anticlimactic story really. No 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 no. no. A good end. It went it to landed, a good place. It landed where we needed it. That was, that, was, that was a lot more like touching. There was more. I, yeah. There was more Nick Brecken human in yes. that story than I think anybody expected. I agree. Yeah. You didn't yeah. baby wall anybody. No, that was that was no. really the story was... of Nick Brecken the Sim may have told us more about the real Nick Brecken than any story <laughs> the real Nick Brecken has ever told us about himself. <laughs> Shockingly exactly right, true. Jake, Jake, so, yeah. Couldn't have put it, it better myself. <laughs> wow. Somewhere a weird old book closes. That was really sweet, Nick. That was so touching. You showed us that you might be a person in there somewhere. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> so, Danielle. Yes. Anyway, Alien. You completed Alien Isolation. <laughs> I, this what, concludes the Alien break. in my life. Yes. What, what touching... Speaking of digital, aliens... Uh, <laughs> Lesson did you learn oh, in recently? Alien isolation. Oh, yeah, my top God. that. Yeah. I don't think I can. None of us can. <laughs> oh, Honestly, a... Nick, thank you for that wonderful story. Yeah, that was really thank you, lovely. Nick. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Over Clem. Right Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Giving you the full. Oh, high fives. That was a really great right story. across the table. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, are you okay? I'm just deciding in my mind whether I'm going to be slapped tomorrow or... or, or the, are you kidding? That was so much dog training verb will be used. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining the Sims version of me being smack. just like... You can imagine what will happen, but you don't get to decide. I think, <laughs> I think, I think you come out of that story unimpeachable, personally. Yeah? Uh, I'd say... Not right. unimpeachable. The but part I where he fast forwarded their lives to make a sandwich, then found himself making out with someone is maybe there's some peaching. <laughs> yeah, I would say there's like there's peaching in there. There is yeah. Clinton esque impeaching, but you still will hold office at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, you'll go down yeah. in history as a decent president. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Things won't go so badly give for Nick you. Weird feelings about this by claim by by playing the Clinton analogy. That's a little. That's a little intense. <laughs> I would say he's the most Clintonian of all. That's of us. actual. The most Clintonian <laughs> of all of us. I love Clinton. Real that's life fine. infidelity on the presidential scale, whereas Nick actually literally did just make a sandwich, went home from work, and then a simulation kissed someone. I could have done more. I feel I could have done more, but. I agree. I think that's fair. You were just trying to what forward Clinton's your career said. as a chef, and then it just happened. I don't know. She yeah. was there. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay. That Lindsay. And then I meant to make up with you or, like, kiss you or whatever all the other buttons were there that would <laughs> reset it, according to you. What someone's uh, going you... to do is they're going to go back <sighs> and look at where end relationship is and tell me that it's nowhere near like, anything. No, no, no. That was near slap oh, yeah. dog and buy new couch. If I'm suspicious of myself... If I'm suspicious of myself at all about that story, it is that moment. Because I can't actually remember. I know I did it accidentally, but it may have been really egregious. Oh. It may have just been I was falling asleep at the controls. Right. Oh, it may have just been your animal brain taking over. Yeah. Ouija. I like that explanation. So, Alien. I have a question alien. about the end of Alien Isolation yes. without spoiling anything. Yes. Were you satisfied? I have mixed feelings. I have very mixed feelings on the After 20,000 hours. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not on the game as a whole, on the ending specifically. But it, this. Where did you clock in? Oh God, twenty-eight-ish, twenty-nine-ish hours. That's so long. It's way too long. Single player, twenty-eight. Way too long. Yeah, twenty-eight. Let's call it twenty-nine. Let's call it twenty-nine. Hard, fast, twenty-nine. Yeah, let's call it twenty-nine. Sub thirty hours. Yeah, just about game. barely. Yeah, somewhere in there. It was actually good for you to tell me about how you played the game and how long the game is when I started playing the game this weekend, because what I did was I ran. <laughs> I sprinted through the first yeah. two hours of the game. It's a good strategy, can. actually. Yeah, like, I was, that makes that. sense, because you're not missing that much. Well, my point, yeah. like, A, like, I could stop and look at an interesting thing. But right. Once I saw one, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are moments, like, when the spaceship comes But you're not in danger, window. really. Yeah. Well, my theory was, I couldn't remember where the, I knew the game took place after the first alien, but I didn't know what Ripley Jr. knew in her brain. So in my theory was <clears throat> that I should run and make as much noise as possible until I see the alien, because my character doesn't know that the yeah. alien exists. Okay. Mm. She doesn't know that aliens are real. She doesn't know that the alien, there's anything. That's true. Can. That's a good point. So I'm like, I just ran and sprinted it and works. acted like a psychopath. Worked, like, just right? get out of this fucking spaceship, because mm-hmm. I was role-playing as a person mm-hmm. who wants to get the fuck off this spaceship. Yeah. That's cool. Until um, old Axel. Until Frankie shows up. Gets <clears throat> well, yeah. stuck with a needle. Oh, Axel. Okay, so, Danielle, to go back to the ending. Yes. What was... I don't know if there's a way for you to talk about it that's satisfying without just like describing the plot at the end. But what is the what is the nature of your ambivalence? The nature of my ambivalence has to do with, um, again, without spoiling anything, mechanically speaking, uh, the game jumps the shark a little bit at the very end. Oh, OK. Um, 
There's a shark on the space station. <laughs> Just so you know, the aliens are really sharks. That's the big, uh, you know. He zips out of his suit. Did you guys yeah. ever read Peter Benchley's White Shark? <laughs> what? No. It's really about aliens. Peter Benchley's White Shark was a book that came out in the <laughs> 90s. Peter Benchley wrote Jaws yes. for our readers at home. Oh, okay, that's how I know the name. Yeah, and it was about a shark that becomes uh, like an air breather, like like a mudfish <laughs> or whatever, like a, like oh, a lungfish. And what comes up onto the shore at night and eats people. So you're saying Shark Scribe jumps shark. Yes. It's like the variety. Whoa. But not when you're in middle school. Right. <laughs> when you're in middle school, that shit's awesome. Yes. yes. I fucking oh, yeah. loved it. And then sometimes I think about Peter Benchley's White Shark. So that guy wasn't like I think that's what it's an called. incredible screenwriter who wrote a movie about sharks. He was a guy who fucking loved sharks who happened to write a great screenplay. I don't know. Sometimes I think about Peter Benchley, and I wonder if he wrote a movie that caught because Steven Spielberg is a great director, and then realized that he could pay the rent writing shark fic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. You know, I don't know. Sure. I have empathy for Peter Benchley. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah, Sorry. No, I think, it jumps I think the, that's fair. It jumps the white shark. I think it, it, I think that's a fair description of Peter Benchley. Um, so the one thing I will spoil slightly, which I don't think is a major spoiler, but if you're super grognardy about that stuff, spoiler. Um, I just think this is like the best eight-hour game out of a twenty-hour, twenty-eight-hour game that I've ever played in my life. Like, this is probably my game of the year, despite right. all the bullshit. Sure, like yeah. especially on the AAA side. Like, I don't think I've played anything this good in five years. Like this, absolutely true to the fiction. This absolutely bold and risky and brash, um, and something that really feels. I watched a YouTube video today by Errant Signal that really described, mm. I think, how I feel about this game. It's, It sort of makes systemic good. the experience of being Ellen Ripley in the last hour of Alien. Like, it actually makes all the things that she does real systems that you can interact with. And it does it in such a beautiful way. So this is like beautiful the through line of this episode, because Sean opened by talking about how the systems in Payday 2 yes. evoke the sensation of, of, of point heat break or point heat. break. <laughs> like, yeah. But I think to do that, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I do think to do that, to walk away from a mission or walk away from a game or whatever and say, yeah, that felt like the thing, you have to make systemic compromises that mm. actually make the moment to moment aspect of the game worse. Yeah. Because I think Potentially, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's how it always is. You know what I mean? Like getting shot up, like I said, like getting yeah. shut up by like 10 cops and then surviving. That's and a just specific like, phenomenon. Literally like yeah. time yeah. crisising them into submission. That's something that like, my, yeah. yeah, that's really well said because it feels like something that it's putting a phrase to a phenomenon that I feel like I recognized even as a kid. Sure. Where I would have a moment in a game and say like, oh my God, this is so evocative of X movie or, you know, whatever. Dick construct. Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> and and you don't really understand why, because it's just a one moment in a game full of a bunch of shit that has nothing to do with that. I mean, you love the game despite it. And it gets a 79 on Metacritic anyway. I actually feel like this particular game, they nail it so well that that's not where they screw up. Like even in making those systems, like. They actually are that good, as long as we're talking about just the xenomorph and just the hiding and just certain those you, aspects. I'm gonna call you on xenomorph because oh, God. we had someone point out. Oh yeah, I saw that actually in yeah, the thread. I know. Sorry, the creature. <laughs> you can just say the alien. <laughs> the alien. I called him Frankie throughout, and actually, somebody in my stream. I streamed almost the entire game, and I streamed the ending. 
uh, for about three hours. I was told I was in the last 90 minutes of the game and it was three hours, which is just about my experience with that game through the entire <laughs> way through. Right. Um, somebody actually sort of registered as Frankie the Xenomorph like in <laughs> my chat and was, you know. Did you find that that, that affected the tension, that lessened the tension at all for you? When streaming? I called it Frankie? No, well, <laughs> no, I just mean <laughs> streaming so much of it on a public stream. I, you know, it didn't because this game so effectively got into my head and right. made you me were able so to just tense. Sort of cast that aside. Yeah, I was yeah. absolutely in it. And I was just sort of like talking to strangers as I was in this experience, but I was able to. Maybe sure. because I love aliens so much. Maybe because sure. I'm definitely willing to like mm -hmm. suspend disbelief totally. that much. Totally. Um, that probably helped mm -hmm. for sure. Um, but what I was going to say was I don't actually – I think actually this could have been a close to perfect alien game without the total bullshit that they also threw into the game. Um, and the part that I was going to spoil, and this is the actual part I'll spoil. This isn't story specific. It's not going to ruin anybody's day. But there are face huggers in the game later on in the game. Uh, that are just cheap, shitty, instant kills. You maybe sort of hear mm. them coming. You, maybe you don't. It just absolutely sucks. It's, so it's, so it's disappointing. useless. It throws There's the no need for the it. Like, that, yeah. Yeah. It's that the video fact, game thing. That yeah. fact it's the video game thing. Is exactly. painfully disappointing in context of a 30-hour game. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, make the game 12 and take out the bullshit. I completely Fucking agree. A. Yeah. Nobody complains about a 12 hour game when it comes to length. Nobody. Yeah. No one. Make not 12 I'm and so cut there. out the bullshit. I'm Assuming so it's there. not an MMO or, or a, yeah, like a JRPG right. or something. Right. Like or a single player game. game. A single yeah. player triple A campaign. Portal yeah. 2? Portal 2 is like Portal 9 hours? It, was so, Way it felt so much longer than, than it needed to be. Portal people, 2? People, I thought it was really long. Yeah. Portal 2 was like 9 hours, 9 or 10 hours. People are Portal claiming, 1 is uh, like 3. Yeah. I don't know. Bioshock Infinite was like 12, 8 yeah. to 12, depending yeah. on your speed. Yeah. Nobody fucking cares. Just I, I'm so with it you. It makes me so mad that there's a secret bullshit mechanic that shows up that is not... A, and it's total bullshit. It does nothing bullshit. to help the story yeah. when your game is 30 hours. It's insane. Yeah. I'm so there with you. I don't even think it really needed the androids or the other humans, to so, be honest with you. That is actually the thing that's keeping me from playing more of it, is yeah. that... I hit the level where there are just a million androids and I just went, okay, I don't care about this. It's really I don't care about, I don't, this isn't why I, I, yeah. I'm not playing this to watch like robots with glowing red eyes walk around and come after me. Like, I, yeah. What? I totally what? agree. Like, why did they bother? I totally agree. So, so Danielle, you love this game in spite of itself. Essentially. Yes, I do. It's not so much that like the whole thing coheres in a compromised way. It's that there is a great game that has a bunch of other shitty exactly. games plastered on it. Exactly. Yeah. There's just a bunch of bullshit on top of this gleaming gem yeah. of a wonderful, beautiful thing. I have a question. Basically. Yes. You said this is your game of the year. For, this is your game of the half decade, is what you just said. Pretty much, yeah. Let's imagine. For AAA games. Imagine for a second. For AAA. Imagine for a second. Yes. It's called Space Station. Yes. And the monster that's hunting you is just like, a different monster. Yeah. J.J. Abrams monster. And sure. The space station looks like whatever. Like mm -hmm. the space station in Sunshine, the Danny Boyle film. Yes. It would still be... Same, same. Yes. Nothing changes for you. I should also preface this with, I probably play two to four AAA games that I really love per year. So maybe I'm That's on That's a the... huge number. <laughs> right. right. I realize this. That's it's, it's, very, it's very low for a game um, journalist, but it's probably pretty high for the Idle being. Thumbs podcast <laughs> or normal human beings. Yes. 
Um, like, for example, I really love Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze yeah, this year. That. That's yeah, yeah, also yeah. on my Game of the Year list. But um, just the experience of actually feeling like I was in this in this fiction, even if it was a slightly different world, if it was a little bit more generic, so that would be fine. I actually feel like I'm being hunted, and then I'm able to thwart that threat. I know, it's so funny to me because it's incredible playing the game, right? Like, I play the, I play the game for a while, for a good long while, um, in a sitting this weekend, and I keep seeing things that get me as excited about yeah. the game as I was talking about Payday. Sure. But I see that in context of knowing there's going to be a whole bunch of bullshit encounters of things I'm not going to want to see in a game is going to be, at my speed, let's say 25 hours. Sure. Right? And that makes me hate the game so much. <laughs> it's like yeah. going on a date with somebody who's super engaging and super flirty and is then rude to the waitress. It's like, fuck yeah. you. Like for presenting someone who I want to go on a second date with and is an asshole. Like, yeah. like who doesn't have enough self-awareness it doesn't respect your time it doesn't respect <laughs> the world of people like it drives me crazy <laughs> yeah absolutely crazy yeah i think that it makes me hate totally it more valid. for the things that it's doing well because it's doing these other things so egregiously about poor yeah anyway yeah it's Alien really disappointing game of the year 2015 my, through my, 20. anyway <laughs> i'm sure i'll be the only one who actually thinks that i i'm like fine with that that's all right too, that's all right. i mean it's oh, fine right. it, I, I'm there's totally a, there, cool There's it. a home for I, you on goatee.cx. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to do yeah. it this year. Excellent. I wanted to talk super briefly about one other game. Go for it. Again, super briefly. and I'll, I, It's called Super Briefly. It's called Super <laughs> it's Briefly. N- super you NES. are a superhero in your briefs. Anyway. Um, oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, I would have actually believed that after a scapegoat <laughs> and what? bore. Oh, true. Full, full bore. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll make that. I will make that game one that day. Really funny. God, Super Briefly, you wear underwear. Your character's name is Ned suit, Briefly and, also. Yeah. And you only have 10 seconds to complete each and level. Yeah, that's and perfect. And it has to be just a perfect superhero execution. That's, I, you know, and that's you what I'll make after my dad joke time. game. That's exactly what I'm going to make. <laughs> that would be a great game. That sounds yeah. It has like a Meat Boy-esque. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to hit the corner perfectly. You have to hit that three-point landing. God, it's like if, <laughs> you stick if, Meat Boy, <laughs> if Meat Boy had a timer, but not a timer that counted up, a timer that counted down. Yes. Right. Yeah. Super briefly. Yeah. yeah. And just like a little. Like, Man, that could be. That could right, be so it's like stop three guys, and save and the person, case. and yes. then like return the criminal to the police station or whatever right. it is. Like yeah, return exactly, the money. Exactly. But you have to do it in like 15 seconds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or different levels or different, you know, time. Yeah, different mix of challenges and mix of time. Super, super briefly. Super briefly. You play as like copyright, you run around, and then time on freezes. <laughs> yeah, because... Anything we talked about as a game idea on this podcast, we own forever. Yeah. Unless copyright. you make it, in which case, cool, do that. Better not call super briefly. Yeah. I mean, you can. It's you know, we'll like call it super time under Rue. <laughs> that now you've said that is also copyright. <laughs> 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 All right. That wasn't so as good. The actual, what game? Game, what super game? the actual game is called The Last Door, and it's an indie point-and-click adventure horror game. It's free to play. You play it in your browser. I will put a, a little content warning here for Suicide. Uh, the game opens Whoa. up in a very yeah. That yeah. was yeah. That, this is a little. I actually feel like it's order. actually necessary. Your voice yeah. built it up on the word suicide in a way that it should never. Yeah. yeah. It, on well, suicide. It's just in case. I don't know. People can be touchy about this stuff, and I think that's more than fun. You can. You know. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game begins uh, with your character in a in a sort of like attic, 
you're in, in a mansion. You're in a creepy Victorian mansion um, in the 1890s. Is this a Halloween game? Yeah, I'm writing about it for Halloween, yes. Okay. But it's it's a horror sort of... Um, people have called it Lovecraftian. I think it's a little bit more like Poe. It's a little more creepy, atmospheric murders of crows and such yeah. than it is Cthulhu. But I anyway. would prefer yeah, me too. Poe to Lovecraft. Me, me too, personally. Uh, but the very first scene in the in the sort of prologue chapter is this character, and you pick up a rope, and you pick up something else, and eventually you sort of work it out that I am going to hang myself. That is exactly what I am doing in this Jesus. little indie point-and-click adventure. Holy fuck. And that's what you do in the first three minutes of the game. Wow. Whoa. Yep. And from there, it is a little bit more sort of... Um, <laughs> Where did... Traditional, I guess you could say. What? You play as another character who's trying to figure out sort of what the fuck happened in the oh, first character's right. life. Uh, You're walking said, around a mansion. From there, it's more traditional. That's why I put the content warning. I didn't want to freak anybody out. That was the content well, warning. We probably got some, some of us. Yeah. <laughs> so. But then you're playing a second character yes. who's going through the backstory of the first character trying yes. to piece the whole thing together. Exactly. And it's the That's creepy mansion sort of stuff. You know, it's it's a lot of sort of Halloween tropes, but I thought it was really interesting with sort of that opener and then, okay, you're piecing together sort of what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Did you complete it? Not yet, no. Do you find that the story is justifying the intense act at the beginning or is it so sort of far. using it? A little cheekishly. I mean, it's using it a bit cheekishly since I'm I'm really just sort of running around rooms and picking up items and sort of you know getting story content. Yeah. It's not it mechanically amazing. It is two D. It's two D pixel art. You know. So it sort of looks a little bit like um, the last night or whatever. It does actually look a little bit like the last night, only with Victorian creepy mansion instead of cyberpunk cop killer. Okay. Yeah. And it's called what? It is called the last door, and it's uh, last night and the last door. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. <laughs> The last adventure Super game. Super briefly, yes. <laughs> I think it's worth playing. Is it an It's No, actually, they're, they host it on their own website, and I actually think it's just thelastdoor.com. Okay. I can check. Um, cool. But it's it's cool and interesting, and if you can, like, stomach that sort of thing, if that doesn't bother you yeah. in the first few minutes of the game, it's very much worth uh, checking out. For sure. I know this is an infinite podcast, but I have one... I have a super briefly as well that I want yes. to talk to talk talk about really quickly. It is thelastdoor.com. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, do you guys know? Have you been? Do you if you guys follow Lucas Pope who made Papers yes. Please? Yes. He's oh my host, god! He's been oh, I was just thinking of that game. Yeah, he's wow. he's been posting yeah. um I didn't little it. like gifs and clips, and I think he's maintaining a thread well, on TigSource for this game called. There is a video. A there's a well, there's a demo video. now. There's, there's yeah, a, yeah. Uh, it's a game called Return of the Obra Din. Which is the first thing that you notice about this game is that it looks like a Macintosh game from 1985 because it's only one color. It's it's black yeah. and white, like tiny literal pixel. black and white, not grayscale. Yeah, no, no. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. The pixels are either black or white. All of the dithering is pattern dither. Like it looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really cool. What but it, it is yeah. 3D rendering, though. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's, okay, a fil- yeah. it's a it's a shader applied. It's to running. It's a Unity, Unity game. It's a first yeah. person game, full frame rate. Every like you're inside of a space, you're exploring it. But were you to look at a screenshot, you would think that it was like a cyan game before Mist, where all of their games were black and white and were just sort of these like line drawn perspective 3D things. Um, I had I had no idea what the game was about, and I still have not looked into any of it, other than I just kept seeing these little videos and gifs that he was posting of, like, you're walking around this incredibly, weirdly retro-stylized uh, pirate ship, and you'd see, like, a first-person hand come out and could open a door or do whatever, but he, he um, 
he's developing it incredibly openly where he's just, I guess, like this is version 0.4 internal development test that he put up. And I played through all of it. And it made me both want to know everything about the game and to not look up a single thing about this <laughs> game until it's done. Yeah. But I will sort of describe the basic experience of the of the game because it's it's worth going to play for yourself. There's a Mac Windows build, um, both available. Search for Return of the Obra Din, O-B-R-A-D-I-N-N. But um, it starts off with just some text on a screen and just really rich ambient sound that sounds like you're on a little boat Um next to a big boat and you see some dialogue that seems like the character you're playing is talking to some sort of servant or assistant um, about how he's going to go up on this boat and the guy should wait a few minutes and then put your box on the boat and that's all that you know then you you're up on the boat you wander around um this dialogue also is just subtitles like silent movie style style right they cut to a black screen with yeah so then you're walking around and then it just cuts to the to full screen text saying oh i put it over here sir and then a, a box shows up you open it with you know a really nice weird uh real-time first person hand opens this box and there's like a small thing that looks like a pocket watch that has a skull on it and all that you can do inside of this demo with no sense of puzzles or story or anything is you're on a pirate ship and there's skeletons sort of strewn around the deck and you walk up to one of them anytime you walk near a skeleton or near anything that is dead the guy's hand holding the watch comes up and if you click some music plays and like the screen does this weird black oily wipe out of the watch it cuts to black and then you hear dialogue which you don't know what it is but this is actually voice like it has incredible foley of just like it sounds like a, a pirate storms a ship and kicks open a door then you hear a gunshot and then it cuts back into the game and you're in a moment frozen in time which is the moment that that skeleton died and it just you exist inside of bullet time like the Matrix, yeah. In this weird Macintosh black and white, where suddenly it's just this crazy life-filled moment where these characters have full textures. Again, though, only in black and white pixel art. There's like just blood splattering out of someone. The gun is firing, and like all of the particles for it are just either pixels that are black or white. It's this. It's so crazy looking. But as you p- look at the like four or five different dead. <coughs> characters in this you can sort of see that these moments frozen in time like the guy who hits someone with uh like a metal iron uh or like like a a fire fireplace poker in this one if i looked up at if i looked at this other body over here that guy must have died first because Mm. if i look out the window of the kitchen you can see that guy frozen in time swinging his way up from the top of the ship down which then makes you go up to the top of the ship where there's other stuff that you can see and you can sort of piece together all this stuff and it just starts to get into this story about someone who's trying to protect someone else who's sick on the ship who i think killed themselves but it Mm -hmm. like you don't like you just start scraping the story Mm -hmm. then a debug thing that says sorry this is all that's in this tech demo so far (laughs) you can probably definitively figure out the story of two crewmen and what's in the game but there's nothing else left yeah um, like it, it, it brings you into these moments in time where it's frozen and there's this this music that's playing and then when you have like 10 or 20 seconds left the guy's hand comes back up and you can see the watch running out and then when when both hands hit uh, 12 at the top again it snaps you back out into the other world so you and you only get one shot at looking at each of these 
bodies. Oh, really? Okay. I, I couldn't, think. Man, I couldn't tell don't. that from watching the video. I can't. I might have just. That would be made that really up. cool. I might have if just that's made the that case. up. That I actually that I actually makes it way more interesting. On, but so you can sort of yeah. open doors and look around at stuff, and you got to. And I don't even know what I'm supposed to know. Like, <laughs> I've always liked that. The opening yeah. text is like, "Find the logbook." I don't think you can even find the logbook <laughs> in this build. I think it's more just like you have this one mechanic that shows you these just freeze frame dioramas. And you can, whatever you find them, and it sort of puts, you can piece the story together at the end. And I was like, what was that? That was crazy. I hope it's time Yeah. Did you ever, like, God, they wouldn't let you do this now. But um, I think in high school, my teacher um, just, like, everybody came in, sat down, and my teacher was gone. Uh, We were just waiting for him. And then he just ran in, dressed in, like, crazy clothes. (laughs) fired a cap gun into the air and then ran out and then he came back in like five minutes everyone was just like freaking out and then he came back in and said you know or i think it was a different teacher then came back in and said okay now like describe like write down as a prompt like what you just saw which like it's that phenomenon if, if oh, that is the case it's really cool it's a cool thing to like make a game out of ever again. i yeah. don't feel like you can but i can't remember because i just didn't ever feel the desire it's to it's really cool that he's doing something so different because if i've looked it's at his previous like stuff papers please well wait and like his previous work i think was more along the lines of papers please it was 2d like very small sc- yeah like, i was just like he did a game about newspapers i think and hmm. um just you know i was incredibly surprised when i played this because when i'd like i'd seen the couple screenshots of the pirate ship and i'm like oh cool you're using this really limited aesthetic to maybe sort of hide any like lack of skill in this because i only ever knew his stuff from papers please and other 2d stuff that looks like ags or game maker yeah but then like the way that a hand reaches out and perfectly yeah, opens a really doorknob good. or like yeah. when you see these cheesy skeletons flashed back into their living form the poses are just incredibly dynamic and the effects are really present and there's textured detail that just it's like oh whoa this is real yeah it's just real weird yeah um but like it's totally worth playing through it also there are silent video or like commentary list video playthroughs of the entire thing like even i saw the reason i knew it was out is because polygon's homepage had that video linked on its homepage. but there's i watched there's a few different sites that have it but you could just play it totally just look at it that's cool and then if you're me, you're not going to look at anything about this game again <laughs> until it's done. Because, like, no way do I want to, like... Spoil yeah. that. I don't want to get into the into the middle ground between, like, this is the concept realized enough to show someone, mm-hmm. and then this is the full game. I don't want I don't want to know what's in between. Yeah. Even though I know he's going to be documenting all of it, because he is. Anyway, yeah. that... I just downloaded that on a whim after watching part of that video, and it just, like... It, like, holy shit. My brain Nick, the, exploded. The thing you just described about, you know, sort of like seeing a crime scene or seeing something really sort of flash between your eyes. Before your eyes, rather, it made me think. Of, I had to file a police report recently. I witnessed mm. a crime. I witnessed uh, like a domestic incident on a bus the other Oof. week. It was Wait, like, this is a different thing? It was literally the, two days after this, yeah. uh, the medical emergency on one wow. bus. And uh, yeah, it was really, I mean, it was upsetting and a terrible thing. Um, but like that happened. I had to like describe what the guy was wearing and like what he looked like and how tall he was and like how tall the woman was and like all this crazy stuff. And that just made me think about it. Like, shit, maybe that would make a cool game. Yeah. It'd be a cool yeah. thing to explore. Yeah. Anyway. All right. right, idle thumbs. Well, yes, that was definitely exactly. not super brief. So I'm going to do one. Oh, sorry. Email, and then that's. I think <laughs> yeah. this is a mega. Cutting this is already off. a mega cast. Yeah. This is not even a question. This is just five cast. We'll some up. information. Yes. Uh, Chris Francis writes, "What's up, thumbs?" On last week's hot pod, when talking about a Chex quest, 
Danielle briefly <laughs> mentioned a game that Giant Bomb did a quick look of involving gummy bears or something. I wanted to let you know the game was called World Gone Sour, and it was about Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> That's right. The developer sitting in on that quick look was Adam Boys, who you may know from Sony PlayStation. Oh. Also, Method Man was in that game in FMV form. Cheers, Chris from Virginia. Holy Amazing. Shit. Method Man. All right, oh, now beautiful. I gotta find this. So cool. if you have a question, write us at questions at idlethumbs.net. Exactly right. Yep. Should and we say the games we played or talked about? People know. Payday 2. Civilization, Civilization Beyond America. Earth. Alien Isolation. Sims 3, The Last Door, Return of the Oberdin, Due Process, and the film... World Gone Sour. World Gone Sour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Super brief. Beautiful. And super, super brief. Super brief. And the weirder follow-up whose name we've already forgotten. Uh, time Under Rue. <laughs> I think it was Sounds super right. time. I think it's about a super ca- time under that is Rue. Time honored Rue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Starring a kangaroo. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. All right. Copyright it's Disney. Sequel. <laughs> Don Bluth so much for listening. Thank Steve you. and Rachel feel moment. better soon. If people didn't know Steve and Rachel oh, yeah, yeah. had oh, a scooter yeah. accident. Yes. This uh, was about ago. a month and a half ago, and busted up some bones, but both going to be okay. Yep. And Steve Gainer and his lovely wife Rachel, we love you very much. I hope you guys feel yeah. better. Get yes. better better guys it, yeah. well you know while you're home just sit around rate us on itunes <laughs> <laughs> yeah steve saw me beat alien yeah. isolation he was like it's funny because we ended Daisy. last the last podcast talking we about did. a podcast yeah yeah, we oh, talking about Five Hole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And then we talked. We actually talked. Nick and I talked about Five Hole extensively at length afterwards. Yeah, we well, had a Five Hole conversation. This is probably a good time to announce the Nick Breck and Danielle Riendo Five Hole podcast. You know yes. what? Five Hole rewatch. <laughs> I would. Re-watch. I would record that. God, I would so do that. I would rewatch. I would do it. Five Hole two and done. Five Hole goes west. Two and done. No, no, no. You mean you mean a twenty episode? What would be in depth? Is if it scene by scene breakdown? Oh my god! Each episode has like twenty thousand downloads because it's just Don Bluth sitting there. Man, what if you guys do the Bluth cast? That is, that is an American tale. Five goes west. All dogs go to heaven. Oh, so you meant like and arrested development. Oh yeah, and the works of Don Blue. Okay, okay, you're right. No, so episode one, an American tale. Episode two, arrested development pilot. Episode three, Five goes west. Episode four, episode two of arrested development. Episode five, space ace. Episode six. Arrested Development it's episode like three. Arrested yeah. three. Yeah. Like, all dogs know, go to heaven. All, all dogs go to heaven. Oh. Is, you, no, you that movie really freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, but there's, there's a hell scene. It's like it's pretty yeah, biblical. The, there's actually, fire and All dogs go to heaven is such an important piece of work. <laughs> like I actually believe this. Are you talking about the entire series? All dogs go to heaven, like one through seven. No, no, no. Just the first one. Everything before that, time. Him. Sorry. Go ahead. No, but seriously, like I really think All Dogs Go to Heaven is very important because. I haven't seen it since I was, it was a child. So what is the, like, yeah. It was aesthetically in line with everything that was coming out at that time. So it had a built-in audience based on the creators and based on like what people expected from an animated film. And it dealt with issues of death. It's true. Like, so it, issues so of it death for, for a time. Issues too, for yeah. death for a kid or an underdeveloped brain period is or, like I think those are like we don't talk about that shit ever. Ever. Did you do you guys read the New York Times magazine? Um, I used to every week and I've fallen off a bit recently. So Chuck Klosterman does a bit called The Ethicist. Oh, yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this week's Ethicist is about how Coco the gorilla's handlers told her that Robin Williams died 
and then reported. Oh, I saw this. I saw this article. Yeah. Right, and then reported that she was un- upset. And the person who writes this question posits: Is it ethically or morally okay to tell an animal that doesn't have a concept for these? Does it doesn't have an emotional relationship with these concepts? That somebody that she met 13 years ago died because at worst, like at worst, she, it causes her grief. It causes her yeah. grief, and at best, we learn nothing. Right. And Klosterman's answer was sensational. Sensational. I thought it was very good. I can't remember any of it. But it was very <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I'm waiting on the edge of my seat right now. Find out in your... episode seven of the Bluthcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was. It, the problem is it's it's not like it's not um, soundbiteable. Mm, like every sure. soundbite would be uh, like a one tenth slice mm. of the pizza. Sure. Of what his answer was, which is fair enough because death is a rather you know, touchy subject. A ten slice pizza is also a tough slice pattern. <laughs> That's true, Land Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, um, we're having a ten person land over here at my house, and uh, Domino. <laughs> I was just wondering if you could do every pizza. Like, I know we're lar- extra large, but if you do them in 10 slice, hello? <laughs> is that a hard pattern? I guess it is. It is, oh. right? It's not a yeah. cubic. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking hard, I oh, guess. Gross. Whatever. Well, not to, not to spoil the blues cast, but we also talked a little bit about the Land Before Time in our conversation where Fievel goes west. We did the blues thing, and Land Before Time also really deftly and, you know, touchingly handles death for a young child. I don't know if you've watched it any time recently. I, no, only, also only when I was a kid. And I remember The Land Before Time when I was, however old I was when that, I don't know. Six or seven. Probably. Yeah, I was yeah. probably like six. And like that destroyed me. And then I remember All Dogs Go to Heaven. So Land Before Time, I remember just being like overtly tragic. Yes. And then All Dogs Go to Heaven, I just remember being unsettled by it. It's not so much that it was <laughs> yeah. like scary or like, sad in the way uh land before time was to me i just found it like totally alien i'm like this isn't what a, what, a all movie dogs go to heaven has. this is yeah. a movie Here, yeah. i found the article and i know this is like a big misuse of time because this isn't going on the podcast but i want to write oh, i want it i want <laughs> it it's not because it's long i want to re- actually do want to read Closterman's answer because i think it's fucking the entire thing it's not that long okay let's but every part of it like turns on the parts of your brain that you like to have Turned on. Right, you know what I mean? It. Fair enough. <laughs> the sexual parts. <laughs> I'm talking about a gorilla here. <laughs> I'm talking about a gorilla right. who's heard that Robin Williams died. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> it's the only way I can get off. <laughs> okay. I don't think any... This is just wrapping up the question. I don't think any of us can know if she was sad or not. But even if this news opens the possibility of making her unhappy, it seems cruel to bring this into her life. What moral purpose does it serve? Says Rita Long from Oakland, California. Let's start by looking at this from a slightly wider angle. What is the moral purpose of talking to a gorilla about anything? What's the ethical justification for teaching Coco sign language and trying to communicate human ideas that have no bearing on her life? The best possible answer to that question is that we might learn something that will amplify our our understanding of both apes and of ourselves. We are not talking to this gorilla to make idle conversation. We are communicating with this gorilla to learn about consciousness. And if Coca were authentically saddened by the news of Robin Williams' suicide, we would learn a great deal. Coca met Robin Williams only once, and since an ape can't comprehend the concept of celebrity, that meeting should be no more intrinsically meaningful than any one-time interaction Coco shared with anyone else. It's not as if Coco sits around constantly rewatching Moscow on the Hudson. 
So if, Con- so if Coco is still impacted by the 2001 meeting in the year 2014, it would suggest something pretty profound about ape consciousness. I mean, can gorillas vividly recall and contextualize every interaction they experience? Do gorillas feel empathy for all mammals equally? Do gorillas have the ability to sense and mentally catalog specific interactions with special individuals? And did Robin Williams fall into that class? Do gorillas simply want to please their human masters and reflexively display whatever emotion they assume is expected? Can gorillas comprehend what death is? Do they understand that they too will die, and that death, though natural, justifies sadness? If any of these questions could be irrefutably affirmed, everything we think about gorillas would need to be re-examined, along with our entire relationship with all non-human mammals. So the moral question might not be, is it wrong to tell Coco about a human suicide if that, que- if that information will make her sad? The moral question might be, if we tell Coco about a human suicide and her sadness is rational and authentic, what else are we obligated to tell her? Wow. So it goes on for a while. Hmm. But um, the last paragraph is a list of the things we're obligated to tell. Not <laughs> <laughs> eleven was an inside job, Coco. Oh, no. <laughs> Gamergate is about ethics and journalism. So the last paragraph is what ultimately makes this question impossible to answer definitively is a chasm we cannot traverse. As humans, we can only think about a gorilla's experience in human terms. Everything we imagine about Coco's worldview involves the imposition of human ideas and values upon a consciousness that is fundamentally alien to our own. Is it moral to tell a gorilla bad news? We may never really know, but we certainly won't know if we never try. It's fucking amazing. Yep. And I'm that cutting out an amazing middle part. Like, it's really fucking good. I forget that that guy's very good at that exact sort of thing. Yeah, and he took it over for... Was it, fuck, was it William Sapphire? No, that was... I don't remember. God, was it? William Sapphire was on language. Mm. Did he also do The Ethicist? I don't think he did. The guy who did The Ethicist died and Klosterman took over. And did we tell Coco about it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. That was a fucking Danielle Riendo two-hand tomahawk slam of a joke. Well played. Well, you know. Jake, what is it? Oh, sorry. I'm an idiot. The, the, <laughs> you asked? <laughs> Agreed. Hey. Sometimes you open a door. Randy Cohen. Close pre- the door. Randy, Randy Cohen, Cohen previously wrote the ethicist. He didn't. He didn't die. He just stopped. I was getting Coco fired. I was him. getting confused. Oh, Coco <laughs> fired. Him. Just, yeah. Coco oh, fired. Ugly, ugly ethicist. Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you, Randy, you have to go. You mean what? She's just quoting that shit from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> She loves Congo, but you're fired. <laughs> God, what a movie. What a world. <laughs>